Sunday morning, shadows on the shade, yellow dusted fingers bent through day old lemonade. Sounds of breathing, the birds singing in the trees. Beautiful morning, there's no place I'd rather be. Down and I rest a while by a shady tree. Golden robes of summer stretched as far as I could see. Sounds of music are rippling through my head. Hammy's in the kitchen, captain's still in bed. Tell me what's happening. This is the Pyro Light Podcast, episode 55. A double nickel. I, of course, am Pyromaniac Mo. You can give me a follow on Twitter, all letters, at Pyromaniac Mo. And you can find the wealth of Pyro Podcasts on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher Podcast Attic, and our beloved Blog Talk Radio. Now, guys, if you enjoy the Pyro Podcasts, or maybe you're a Pyro Pro member, maybe you even purchased a draft kit, whatever the case may be, show your love and support for us by giving us a review on iTunes or wherever you encounter the podcast. Good karma for you and helps us uh, gain new listeners, which is what we are after. So give us a review, tell us what you think, and I will read them here when you do. You will be also entered into our latest and greatest uh, contest. Every time somebody does a review, just go ahead and email that review to me, Mozambique at pyromaniac.com. You can find that email on my Twitter handle as well, and we'll raffle off a wonderful new prize in the near future. All right, guys, before we get to today's guest, you heard from one of my favorites, Trey Anastasio. He, of course, the lead singer of Fish. You heard Ether Sunday, which just you know, it puts me in a good mood, and I pretty much start my NFL Sunday mornings listening to that one when I go down to my local uh, rib shack and get my uh, 10 barbecue wings, half Asian zing, and the wonderful blue cheese they serve up there, but I'm always listening to a little Ether Sunday. All right, guys, without further ado, you know that uh, in the Pyro Podcast Light, I have had the good fortune of being joined by uh, many guests, and today we've got another good one. I've got Christian from Eat Sleep Fantasy. How you doing, brother? I'm doing all right. Uh, I heard you said something about ribs and wings. Yeah, baby. All right. Well, Eat Sleep Fantasy, that's our name, so um, let's talk about some ribs. <laughs> well, you know, Christian, we, we've been talking a little bit before the show, and you know, I feel like I've gotten to know you, so I'm going to just kick it right off with a personal question. Sure. Nachos or ribs on Sunday, uh, what stance are you? Go. 
Um, that all depends on whether or not there's people. So the more people, the more inclined I am to say nachos because I don't want to share the ribs. Yeah, so yes. if it's just me, it's going to be ribs, man. I'm I'm all about the barbecue. Probably my favorite kind of food, southern comfort. So um, I, I really like ribs, whether it's football Sunday or just your average every day. Uh, get some real pit barbecue and I'll be happy. Yeah, the uh, I'm I'm with you, man. And you know, with people, my my face is always a mess, and I got the wet wipes and whatnot. But I tell you what, we got this place called the Draft House, literally right down the road. They've got awesome beers on tap, but they've got the nachos are out of sight, the queso, they've got the ribs, they do their own, they smoke their own wings. It is like appetizer football heaven. It is one of the best little stops. Uh, people come from all around. It's right on the old highway. People come from all around to get their food and their beer, and it's just literally like a mile from my house. So Sundays, I'm kind of spoiled. And remind so, me where your house is at so I can... <laughs> that's right. I will send up a flare for you on Sunday, and uh, we can get down on some good eating, man, to wash it down with. Tonight, now I've been going on an Ellison kick lately. Uh, they're a local brewery here, but tonight I got my shorts... Huma Lumpa Licious, which is a pretty hoppy IPA. That's what I'm known for. But uh, I noticed you guys are eat sleep fantasy. But just out of curiosity, if you were to kick something back with a beer, what would be your beer of choice, sir? Um, I'm a little different, man. I like uh, I like mixed drinks and uh, liquor. So all probably- right. Probably uh, the wrong guy to ask. We we have Mike on our show, and every time he's on our show, he's actively drinking. So probably the correct guy to ask about beer. I'm the you know mix my drinks with uh, whiskey or something like that. So I always want like the the, uh, the dude, the big Lebowski. Does he do the white white Russians, I believe. Right. Uh, not really sure what that is, but it just sounds cool because it's a great movie. So I uh, if I were to join you, I think I'd have to go with a white Russian. All right, fair enough. All right, man. Well, let's kick this thing off. We are uh, we had the Thursday nighter, controversial as it was at the end. It's not gonna help you for this week's fantasy. So Minnesota fans, let's just you know swallow that uh, face mask call or hit in the head call or whatever it was, Dallas. I know there might have been a false start, so lots of good stuff to talk about. But we're here to talk fantasy and. Um, Got the Browns and Titans on by, as I said, Dallas and Minnesota already played. So let's look at the Vegas vibes and uh, see what's shaking out for fantasy. Now, only three games where the spread started over 50 points, I believe. And Christian and I were talking beforehand. You know, I like to start with the opening Vegas point total or the, the opening Vegas lines. You know, everything after is usually generated or moving by uh, betting trends. So I always kind of look at the opening number and see where fantasy goodness might follow. As I said, there was three games that opened up over 50 points. Or I'm sorry, three games that opened up where the spread was over five points. We had six games that opened up over a 49-point total. So lots to talk about. Once again, three game spreads. Five points or more, six games that had a total of 49 over-under points or more. So I'm going to toss out a couple. You know, I'm a Motown man. I live in Lansing, but uh, Lions fan all these long, long years. And Lions at New Orleans, we'll be talking a lot about this game. Uh, A couple of takes on it. 
opened up with the highest over under the week at 54. New Orleans favored by four and a half. They are at home. Now you got implied total for the Lions, just about 25. New Orleans, second highest implied total of the week, just over 29 points. Could be a shootout, analysts say. We're going to get into this one a little bit later. But just to look at what fantasy goodness might follow, you got Detroit, if you adjust for schedule, 31st versus the quarterback. Uh, Just looking at raw fantasy points against tight ends on a per-game basis, Detroit is giving up the most fantasy goo to the position. On the other side, you got New Orleans giving up the fifth most raw fantasy points on a per-game basis to opposing running backs. Not that you got too many running backs doing, or not that you have too many backs doing much running on the Lions. You've also got Washington, Arizona. Could be some interesting plays here. That opened up as well, over 50, 5.5. Uh, Arizona to score 26. Point five. Uh, that's one I'm looking at. You got the Monday Nighter, India at Jets. Uh, Jets are home underdogs. This one opened up just over 49 points. And Indy, they're expected to score just over 25. Now, those are three games I've kind of got my eye on. Christian, do you, do you like any of those games, or do you have one that you're eyeballing, and we can go back and forth a little bit? I've got a I've got a few here, man, um, that I that I really like. There's one that that opened up at 49, so just under that that 50 mark that you'd like to see. Probably one of my favorite games this week. Um, that's Atlanta, Kansas City. Two very terrible pass defenses. We've got, um, you know, Atlanta's just been absolute hot garbage against against the pass this year. And, and Kansas City is allowing the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. So it, it's a great game for fantasy goodness here. Um, and, and there's one here that I think might be a little bit slipped on this week that... Um, I'm not sure, you know, the implied total is is okay at 47.5, but Tampa Bay, San Diego, I know Tampa Bay's traveling across the country. They always knock down a couple points for, for that a little bit, but um, I, I really do like this matchup. Now, you do you did mention one here um, that, that opened up right around 50, like you mentioned, um, Indy versus uh, New York. I really do like uh, Indy, and we'll talk about that later with um, with some of our stacks. That's a little preview later for for some picks that I really like in, in that indie game. Yeah, and just uh, asterisk there, that is the Monday nighter. So for you DFS guys, you got to get that uh, full slate of games. I think that this week is a, uh, I want to say it's 14-game slate. Correct. Anyway, it's the, all the Sunday games plus the Monday game. That That's an, a really good game. I've got my eye on that one as well couple other quickies just to toss out some names here. Uh, Giants at Pittsburgh. This one, again, one, it's, it's a high-scoring week, man. Uh, right. Or at least Vegas feels that way. Pittsburgh, uh, they're at home. Five and a half was the opening spread over under of 50. Uh, they're expected, Pitt is expected to score nearly 28 points. Now, Pitt, kind of like the Patriots, they always seem to have a bit of an inflated implied total. Betting public likes them a lot. Uh, the over has only hit 17 times in Pittsburgh's last 53 games following a win. Uh, the Giants, the under is 4-1 and one in their last five games overall. So uh, to me, this one, I don't know if we're going to quite hit that total of 50. I might go under on that one. Uh, but I do like some of the plays there. Uh, Buffalo at Oakland. What do you think? Over, under is 50. Do you think Buffalo, Oakland's going to reach 50? No way. I, I don't think either one of these games reaches that over under. You've, yeah. you've already seen a little bit 
a slight shift in that over-under happened in, in just a few game, a few days. Um, the over-under has shifted to 48.5 for both of those games. There's no way Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo Oakland gets there, man. Buffalo's beat up to hell in their receiving core. I mean, we're talking about yeah. maybe Marquise Goodwin and a half, you know, half playing Sammy Watkins, you know, who might play 20 snaps. Um, I'm not a fan of Buffalo or betting the over in that game this week at all. Yeah, I like the under in both. I've been doing pretty well, actually, uh, with my parlays. I've been doing, uh, so each game I'll bet the over-under, and then I'll also take uh, one of the teams. I believe I'm three out of four in four-team parlays the last uh, month. So doing all right, I'm I'm with you. I think the under is a good way to go. On both those, you've also got a real interesting one. I mean, Vegas, good Lord, do they love the Patriots. I mean, I understand they're, they're you know, Wild Bill, Tom Brady, they're fantastic. But every week, goodness gracious, highest spread, 13 points this week. As I said, there was only three that was over a five-point uh, spread. Patriots, 13-point uh, favorites, and they also have the highest implied team total of 29.5. That leaves just 16.5 for Jeff Fisher. We're going to talk about that one a little bit later as well. Houston Green Bay, this could be kind of a, a good play here and there in fantasy. Green Bay is at home, favored by four and a half. That was the opener. It's been rising since then. Uh, rose by two points last I looked. Green Bay expected to score over 21, or I'm sorry, 25 points. 21 It was the opening implied for Houston. Three more, Carolina at Seattle. Six and a half is the spread for Seattle. Second highest uh, opening spread of the week. Seattle implied total is nearly 26. Now, Carolina, we're going to get back to this one. I got an interesting little trivia on Carolina, but their implied total, 19.25. Miami at Baltimore. Uh, this is a real low one, so maybe a defensive play. Uh, certainly Baltimore is just lights out, uh, stopping running backs this year. Over, under, open at 41.5. Several Miami players last week did really well. Tannehill uh, was one of my quarterback calls last week. Did really well. Uh, keep in mind, last week, they played the Browns. Now, they're going up against, again, you know, best run D in the league. Top 10 versus tight end. Baltimore, a bit more of a funnel D. When you adjust for schedule, they are 30th against wide receivers and standard scoring in 26 in PPR. So perhaps you might get some play, some Miami wide receiver play there. Uh, but don't expect the same results as last week. And last but not least, some guys I am going to be talking about. San Fran at Chicago. Uh, this one opened up 42.5. Very low scoring, but only minus three. So we could see this game to be a bit, certainly closer than I think people think. Barkley's been very surprising. Uh, could be some really good cash plays in this one once we get to the DFS look. All right, man. Uh, before we get this puppy going and talk some streaming, I have a trivia question for you, sir. Are Absolutely. you ready? I'm ready. Get that thinking cap on, brother. I'm going to get it wrong, but I'm ready. <laughs> All right. That's, come on. Let's, let's get that confidence going. Carolina, if you were to fire up the flex capacitor... And get this puppy going 88 miles per hour. Okay. Last year, they were just a, a scoring machine last year. 
this season, now last year they had they averaged over 31 points a game. This year their average, as I was just about to read to you, is 25 points per game. So pretty big jump from last year to mm-hmm. this year. And as I said, they've got that implied total below 20 points, which it, it kind of caught my eye, that 19.25. Carolina's 4-7. and seven. So a, a long story here. Let me get to my question for you. But when I saw that their implied team total was 19.5, like the CNC Music Factory, that was something that made me go, hmm. So I was wondering, how many games this season has Carolina failed to score 21 points or more? You think about that as... You listen to this, and we will be right back. All right, Pyromaniacs, thanks for sticking with us. And, uh, hey, if you're online, stop on by Pyromaniac.com. We are ramping up the content. Perhaps you uh, are shooting for the playoffs, or maybe you're out already, and you want to keep that warm and fuzzy feeling going of fantasy. So maybe you want to dip your toes in the DFS waters. Uh, we are doing the daily do's and don'ts every week. Plus, we're cranking out all sorts of content. That's at pyromaniac.com. All right, Christian, as I said, Py- uh, the Carolina Panthers last year led the league in scoring. 31 points was their average. This year, they're down by six. However, this week, they're not even expected to score 20 points. So my question is, how many times this season have they failed to at least get 21? So how many games where they put up a total of 20 points or less? How many thus far, keeping in mind they're 4 and 7, so we got 11 games. How many times have they failed to get to 21 or more? What is 6? You, sir, are very, very close. The Carolina Panthers have played five games this season where they put up, Damn. they did put up 20 once, and then the rest of the time they were in the teens, which really surprised me. That implied team total caught my eye. I remember them as just being lights out scoring, and five times, five times they couldn't even get 21 points. That's that's almost half. That's just really surprising to me. Cam has let a lot of people down, but everybody's kind of let people down. Maybe you know Olsen started off really great, but. Uh, it just ain't what she used to be over there in Carolina, man. Absolutely. You're, I mean, you're talking about almost half their games. <laughs> yeah, I know. And this is, like I say, a team that, that led the league last year in scoring. And they basically got the same weapons. I, you know, they've even got an, a new one back, Kelvin Benjamin. And he again, he started off great. Olsen started off great, but they've just, I don't know what the problem is there. They've sort of run out of steam a little bit. Um, Hit some road bumps along the way. Have not been that fantasy dynamo that they once were. All right, Christian, let's look at the quarterback spot. I had a rough week last week, brother. I I did. I was, uh, I, I chart all my picks through the season in streaming and waiver wire picks at every position except defense. I was top 10 as of last week. Okay. I don't know if I'm there anymore. I'm doing all right. Quarterback, I still did well. Last week I had Tannehill. Uh, he was the fifth highest. My, my co-host last week picked Kaepernick, so it was a good week for quarterbacks for us. Uh, if you totaled up all my picks through 12 weeks, I got the sixth best. And again, we're talking about guys that are available in 50% of NFL leagues or more. So basically you're uh, wiping out 20 quarterbacks. There are 20 quarterbacks right now that have above 50% ownership. So... Christian, which QB are you eyeing that you think is going to have a good week this week? 
before I even answer that, Mo, I just want to say you said sixth best over the season with Correct. just streaming quarterbacks. Streaming I, I quarterbacks. So every week I've selected a quarterback on NFL.com that is available in at least 50% of, of leagues. And yes, if you add it all up, I'm at 221.1, which would put me right in between Dak and Cousins at number six. That's great. And I just want your listeners to think about that for a second when it comes to their draft next season and wait on quarterbacks like everybody preaches because if you just follow Mo's advice here and stream your guy from week to week, you can save those spots and draft guys in the middle rounds that will do much more of a service to your team when you're stocking up on running backs and wide receivers. Anyways, I'm going to stick with your uh, your co-host from last week, and I'm going to go with Colin Kaepernick again. It's, um, it's, it's what the heck, guys. He's still available in a ton of leagues. I mean, looking at the NFL.com ownership, 16.4% of leagues. Like know, what crazy. are you what are you doing? Like say what you want about the guy in his Castro shirts. He's been producing for fantasy. <laughs> so I mean, in, in a four point standard league, cap over the last four weeks. So that's a pretty decent um, sample size. Is the second highest scoring fantasy quarterback, only behind Aaron Rodgers over the last four weeks. That's that's hot. Coming up this week, he's got the Chicago Bears defense. They haven't been a slouch, but they should allow enough points in in fantasy for cap to have another worthy start so i feel very comfortable with him if you want to go even deeper say you're in a league you've got some savvy owners i'll give you a little bit of a less sexy approach um now this one i mean hold the back don't you know vomit or you know be scared alex smith i think is a very viable option uh pretty much available anywhere you could need him um, but Atlanta has one of the worst secondaries in the league. They're allowing the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks on the season um, on NFL standard scoring. Um, add to that Desmond Trufant being out and Smith likely going to be relying on a uh, combination of Hill, Kelsey and Ware to end up with a very fantasy worthy start day, albeit not as sexy as maybe some of the other options out there. But if you just need a guy to plug in this week and survive, I like Alex Smith. Yeah, you know, a, a couple things with Alex Smith. He used to be a guy you'd go to for the floor. I believe last year, I, I'm almost positive last year, every single game except, I think, one, he put up double-digit fantasy points, and, and very consistently. I mean, that one was very early on in the season against a tough D. I think it was Denver. Uh, you always went to him for the floor. Nothing showy. But you know what? When you're streaming, a lot of times that's what you want. You want a solid floor, double digits. And like you said, if early in the season you are going late round quarterback, that means you should have some pretty top-notch wide receivers and running backs as long as the injury bug didn't hit you. So if you can get double digits, that's great. Man, this year alone, though, he is, as you said, don't vomit in your mouth there. Don't don't throw up a little bit because he's three times he has put up uh, single digits. Right, absolutely. Using FF today, he's even got a 10-point game. So four times he's put up 10 points or less. Been a little bit better lately. And I believe Macklin, he's probably going to be back this week. He's got in limited practice all week. Yep. Got to be good for, for Mr. Smith, right? I mean, he's been relying on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey these last few weeks, and that's been good enough. And I, I mean, Atlanta's defense has holes everywhere, whether yeah. against the run, the pass, the tight end. It doesn't matter. Um, so I think he'll do enough this week. We've seen him be 
okay enough in the last few weeks. I mean, he was okay against Denver last week. Um, I think he should be okay enough in this matchup that you can stream him. Again, really like Cap, but he's in their more savvy leagues already taken, even though the ownership percentage is low for Kaepernick. Um, in the leagues that I play in, he's gone, right? Um, yeah. So we're talking about maybe a little bit of a deeper dive in leagues where you kind of have to stretch it. And um, I think he's an okay player. I really don't think Atlanta's going to put up, put up much resistance. I'm thinking maybe 250 and possibly two. Uh, I think it's a, it's a pretty decent place, but just looking at Atlanta, uh, when you adjust for schedule, which I really like, 26th against quarterback, 31 against PPR running back. Now, if you look at the wide receiver, it appears they're better than I think they are. Uh, they're 15th, but remember, Desmond Trufant, their, their star cornerback, he's on IR now. So right. those numbers don't exactly reflect what you're going to see come this weekend. So I think Smith... Healthy again, Atlanta not. I think it's a decent play. Um, my official pick has to be Kaepernick. Uh, I went away from him last week. This is, I think, the third time I've started him since he's come out uh, week six, or third time I've recommended starting him here on the show. He, here's some numbers for you, though, buddy. Since week six, he's rushed for 373 yards, according to PFF. Now, in that same span, that's more rushing yards than McCoy, 370. Devontae Booker, 360. Gore, 342. And more than James Starks and Carlos Hyde combined. That's Colin Kaepernick's rushing. So that's his floor. That's his rushing, 373. The passing, that's just gravy on top of it, man. So right. he's a solid play. I, too, have a guy, if you're in deeper, more savvy leagues. And this one, you might want to have that same reaction you talked about with Smith. Um, Fitz and Patrick. I almost said uh, Fitz Tragic again, but we're not going to think that way. Ryan Fitzpatrick. 92% available NFL leagues. He's strung together double-digit performances in the past three games. Home to the visiting Colts, and that's really why I like him. He's home and the Colts. The Colts uh, allow the most quarterback hits in the league. Now, why am I bringing that up for Fitz? Well, let me tell you. That's going to produce uh, turnovers. That's going to cause interceptions or sacks, or at the very least, it's going to stop some drives, giving more offensive possessions to the Jets. Here in the bringing it home of the bacon, or the taking of the cake, or maybe even the broken back of the, the camel, the, the last straw, if you will, when you adjust for schedule, the Colts are absolutely the worst. So, Maybe that's the thing that puts it over the edge for you. If you were hesitant on Fitzpatrick, Colts, they are the worst when you adjust for schedule against opposing fantasy quarterbacks. That's Fitzpatrick this week. But yeah, Cappy's my official guy to go to. Also, you know, I'm going to keep my eye on RG3. The, the Browns want to see what they've got. He's available out there. Not saying go out and do anything, but you know... I want to see what he's got. I want to see what's going on there. You know they're going to have to pass, as they always do. It's the Browns, and I just want to, as a fan, I'm interested to see. Fair Moving enough, man. I, yeah. I, love the, uh, I love the streaming quarterbacks thing. Um, the very first piece I wrote this year, once the season started, um, was on streaming quarterbacks, and people tend to have that issue because everybody says, okay, wait, wait, wait on quarterback, and then they kind of don't know who's the right guy to target, who should they pick up for weeks, you know, one and two, and then kind of roll with it after that. 
the guys that I mentioned the very first week on my piece were Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott, and Matthew Stafford. And basically, if you if you picked up those guys for their early season matchups, you've basically been able to roll with them all season long. And that's something that you might not have said at that time. So if you're looking at these guys now, it might seem they're gross for the week. But when you play matchups like this and you consider the factors that, that Mo is, is telling you guys that Indy is this poor against the pass. And you might not feel like Fitzpatrick is all that great, but he's definitely got the opportunity with the right matchup and it should provide for fantasy goodness most of the time there's going to be weeks where you know streaming is going to bite you in the butt and it's not going to be great but that happens with any quarterback that happens with whoever yeah. you draft highly I mean I was on Russell Wilson's you know jock in the preseason but that worked out much worse than if it would have you know streamed quarterbacks so definitely a very viable option that I can't help but you know want to beat the drum for even more and, and Mo is saying it's a very very important strategy in fantasy football for me yeah and the quarterbacks you named Stafford he was my week one starter he was the I've got this all written down he was the fourth highest uh, quarterback that week 26.1 he was the most added after week one I went ahead and started Matt Ryan week two he was indeed the most added quarterback after week two he scored the second highest I think there's a misconception in streaming like it's like it's not like fishing i don't want to go to my buddy every week and say i caught a fish this big i streamed a guy if you were able to get stafford and indeed he was available in 50 percent of leaves chances are you were done streaming matt ryan you you landed him you were done streaming Uh, i was able to get cousins he was available in 50 percent of leagues uh up through week seven Marietta was there as well so you can get some really good guys and once you land them Boom, you're done. Cousins was a great case last year. Palmer in some leagues last year didn't get drafted or went very, very late uh, in, in 2015. I like a streaming quarterbacks, and I like streaming tight ends as well. That's the next spot. Tight end, boy, I've been not doing too well the last two weeks. Again, I was sitting top 10 all season. I've fallen hard, baby. Falling hard. Uh, let me look. Last week. Boy, and you know Murphy's Law. There's act. Did you know there's actual Murphy's Laws? Like it's not just a thing. Yeah, it's. There's numerous laws. Oh, okay. There's numerous laws. Not there. Didn't know there, that. there is not just like you know, um, anything can happen and will happen or something. There's, there's numerous ones. There's my favorite one is actually it's good to have beliefs. I believe I'll have another beer. That is nice. indeed a Murphy's Law. Okay. Now. I like that. I, if I'm gonna add a Murphy's Law. I like this Murphy guy. Yeah, he's not bad, right? Now, I think one of the Murphy's Laws has to be, many times I'm going to rattle off a few guys. We just named, you know, Fitzpatrick, uh, Cappy, we named a few guys there. Uh, you named Alex Smith. It seems to me every time I name a few guys, I my official guy, my official pick, will be the worst one. And that has been happening to me at the tight end spot. Uh, last week I named three tight ends. Uh, I named Clive Walford last week. He was the 10th best. I named Vance McDonald 15th best. Who was my official? Will Ty. Will Ty got me a mere 3.2. I've fallen hard. Fallen hard. The week before that, it was Ladarius Green. Targeted twice. Dropped one in the end zone. And uh, Big Ben never went back. Put up a bagel. So, I've fallen. Uh, I've been top 10 all year. I am now down to tight end 15 if you add it all up. I'm hoping to rebound, but who are you thinking at the tight end spot this week, sir? Hey, man, I, I said it earlier that I like this uh, 
this Tampa Bay San Diego game. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm going to go a little bit different here than what you might be thinking. I'm going to go with Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he wasn't great last week, but if you look, oh, actually, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I know he scored in his last two games, and I know we kind of have this little mix and match. What is Gates doing? What is Henry doing? But Hunter Henry, five of his last seven games, he's gotten a score. He's got great upside with a fairly solid floor, right? Um, In comes Tampa Bay, who has been bottom half against quarterbacks and tight ends. Fantasy goodness should be there for the Chargers. Tampa Bay's traveling across the country. I like him there. Um, it's still up in the air what's going to happen with Tyrell Williams. I know he did practice on Friday, so that is kind of looking a little better for him. Um, I like the Henry pick a whole lot more before that happened because I felt yeah. like Breeze was going to have to 100% rely on his tight ends this week and maybe some Dontrell Inman. But um, we'll see what happens with Tyrell Williams because I'm not 100% convinced that he's going to be a full go this week, even if he starts... Um, you know, he missed practice Wednesday and Thursday and just a limited practice on Friday. So we'll see what happens there. But I do like Henry this week. I think he's got that combination of floor and upside, even though the targets haven't been 100% there when when Gates returned. Yeah, I, I like that call as well. You know, I just feel bad there's a few people out there that backed up uh, Gates with Henry. Then you're in a real quandary certainly in dynasty leagues he's great uh, available and like you said i don't think gates is scaring anybody um gates shouldn't scare off anybody looking to pick up henry there's enough fantasy goo there to go around so i i think that's a good call i got a few guys just to toss out because i like it you know we don't we don't have a crystal ball i don't know who's available in your league but just some names Doggone it. I'm getting back up on that Will tie. He's not my official pick, but faces Pittsburgh. If you adjust for schedule there, 25th against tight ends in PPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they get in close, he Manning has been really tossing it as of late. They kind of have a lack of the ground game, certainly lack of a red zone running back, really. And I think Will Ty should be the beneficiary. And he's got such a great name, Will Ty, the touchdown guy, just like Bill Nye, the science guy. So it, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a solid reason you should go out and take Will Ty, but I do really like him this week. I also like Vance McDonald. Uh, San Francisco travels to Chicago. He, Vance, has had some chemistry developing with Kaepernick, and he's kind of the perfect guy when Cappy rolls out and he's starting to run, uh, pull it down. Usually he's got Vance kind of crossing right in front of him, and he's usually got that option. He can either do the quick toss to um, McDonald, old McDonald, if indeed those linebackers move up, and why would they not when you got Kaepernick escaping the pocket? It's going to leave Vance open in more situations. Another guy that I do like, how except he's got a really tough D, is uh, Vernon Davis. Reed's been ruled out. He faces Arizona, though, and they are just so tough against the tight end spot. Uh, he's not my official pick, but what do you think? Would you go with the fact Washington's rolling and Cousins is definitely involving the tight end spot, and now that's inherited, Vernon Davis is the man? Or does Arizona kind of scare you off? I was you uh, I was fearful that you would ask me this question. <laughs> I don't know which way to go. So I, yeah, um, it's... Here's the exact scenario that happened on my show yesterday. So yesterday we had a three-man podcast, 
and there was an intense debate on the Arizona Cardinals defense being amazing versus tight end. And here we have Washington coming in, right? Jordan Reed's ruled out. You're assuming Vernon Davis is going to get all those uh, targets. He's been fairly good. Mm-hmm. And so we've got one of my co-hosts adamantly saying Vernon Davis is going to be the first tight end this year that's going to score on Arizona. The other one, like vehemently arguing there's no way, you know, you're an idiot. Arizona is just locks down tight ends. And me standing in the middle, I just they made a they made a bet. We do like these little eat bets. We have to eat disgusting things if we lose a bet. Um, it's uh, terrible. Um, and the Twitter fans love it, which is I hate you guys. Um, Give me a – like, so what kind of things are you are you eating? Like, what are you putting on a uh, Ritz cracker? That's disgusting. Uh, well, the first bet that Dale paid out, um, he had to make a smoothie of pickles uh, blended with milk. I thought you said it was bad. Pickles with milk? Really? (laughs) That's horrific. I am a pickle man, but goodness gracious with the milk. Um, uh, I've got a little bit of a gag reflex right now just thinking about it. Our Twitter fans voted that um, I'm going to be consuming this week pickled pig's feet. So I've never had that. I've heard that a lot of people like it. I'm a little terrified, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Anyways, um, the bet yesterday was the only bet that we made on the show that I sat out because... I didn't feel strongly one way or the other. Um, my opinion is that Vernon Davis will have a solid enough game. He'll get enough targets to be worthy of what a typical tight end will be okay with. 50, 60 yards, and you'll feel fine. But he's probably not going to score, and you're not going to have a monster game from him. But if you just need a middle of the road, you just want to survive at tight end, he's a viable play. So that was my official stance on him. That's kind of what I'm feeling too. I I think he he's gonna get you a floor. He, he's yep. not gonna bump his head on any ceiling, but uh, he's gonna get you a floor. And I'm always kind of the regression guy. If something is leaning so far away from that mean, it is bound to regress. Right. Law of averages over here. Yeah, I could see it happen. I could see it happen. It could happen. Now, my uh, as I said, that Murphy's Law has been biting me, so I'm going to go ahead and list two. Watch Will Ty and uh, Vernon Davis be the ones to go off and Vance McDonald. I, I but, like the Will Ty call, by the way. Thank you. Thank Very you. much. That that yes. was my next option here. I, I know people are not digging him after last week, but Pittsburgh's defense has been a little bit soft as of late against tight ends, and uh, I think Manning will have to lean on him a little bit more than he did last week, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this could be... Um, like I said, they, they don't really have a running back when they get down in there. And Manning, he's been tossing it more and more in the red zone. He's traditionally, last year, I think he was the second most uh, attempts inside the red zone. He's traditionally does like to throw it when he gets down there. So I really think Ty is poised to have a nice game. Um, hasn't broke out the way I thought he would this season, but I think he can do it against Pitt, as I said. Uh, 25th versus PPR tight ends when you adjust for schedule. Now... I'm going to go with two. My first one is an obvious one, Ebron. uh, Still 79% available in NFL fantasy leagues. I'm going to be talking up this game. We will talk about this game, I think, as we get going here. Uh, Vegas says potential shootout, perhaps. Now, Ebron, you know, it's back to the Vegas thing. It was the highest over-under when it opened. Right. Ebron, the man's played in eight games. He has double digits 
in five. And that's with only scoring in one. So his floor, he's got this very high floor coming from, which is odd for tight ends, coming from games without scoring. So gravy. If he scores, it's just going to add to that floor because he's been putting up the yards. One target for zero catches last week. Kind of a skunker, I know. But he's got five games where he's got over 50 yards and again only played in eight so i think ebron is nice my other one josh hill available everywhere last three games fleener only has two more targets than hill now i know hill can uh disappear totally from the box score and from the game but look at last game fleener only had four targets although he did catch them all um but so did mr hill he caught them all and he had six targets this game, as I said, opened up at 54. Could be a shootout. Saints opened with 29.25, I believe, was the official uh, implied opening total. So they should score a lot. And, of course, the Lions. I just hate reporting stuff like this. When you just rescheduled, Detroit ranks 31st versus opposing quarterbacks. They are dead last against opposing tight ends. So I think Josh Hill is going to have himself a nice game there. And again, two tight ends in one game. Now, I alluded to this. I kind of like the game stack here, depending on who you pick. What is your sense on this Detroit yeah. New Orleans game? I, I, I think you felt it in me when I said ooh earlier. Um, I feel like I'm the only guy that's not all in on this game. Um, and I'll give you a little background to it, I guess. Um, it's a game that Vegas obviously sees as the highest scoring game. They see an, an enormous total, um, highest over-under. The Lions have allowed fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year overall, um, not adjusting for schedule. Um, it's been a very different story as of late, though. If you look at their season splits, especially over the last four weeks. Over the last four weeks, they've allowed the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers over that four-week stretch. They're playing much better football. Again, you have to factor in the opponent there. Breeze is not the same guy as the four quarterbacks that he's played that they've played over the last four weeks. So I'm not implying it's going to be a bad week. I'm just not going to be stacking Breeze and Thomas, Breeze and Cooks, that's not going to be my MO because Breeze is the most expensive quarterback this week. So I'm out on doing that. On top of that, I know Mark Ingram got a little bit of a practice in on Friday, but um, he may miss that game either way. Um, Lions are also allowing the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs on the season. Um, I just want to temper a little bit of expectation for Saints and saying that in DFS, I'm going to not, I'm going to be out on them because. I, I know a lot of people are going to stack on them, and I think they should at least be faded a little bit due to Detroit's defensive success over the last few weeks. I certainly like that that call, be going contrarian in GPP, because I think you're right. And if you can get some leverage over the field, where the field's going to be very high ownership on this game, but certainly Breeze, he's at home. And if indeed he does have a bad one, you're going to vault over all of those guys that did buy into it. So yeah. I, don't I do like the contrarian game, play. Yeah, I don't see a bad game. I think he's just going to be all right. I think, you know, if you have him in, in 
in like a 50-50, you'll be fine, but there's no way I'm going to play him in a, in a tournament. Um, and right. I mean, in, in your right. if you're in everyday leagues, um, there's no way you're going to bench him. Like he, he's going to end up being a top 10 quarterback. Um, right. I just, I'm avoiding the stacks. And that's what I was saying. In, in GPP, I like to contrarian right. play. It's just too dangerous. You, you almost have to plug him in and cash. It's it just got such a safe floor. At least Breeze does when he's at home. Uh, I got the numbers written down a little bit later, but just over three touchdowns a game when he's at home, about 360 yards when he's at home. And a guy I'm going to talk about, there's one of the wide receivers that actually has a very nice matchup. Moving over to the last quote-unquote streamable position. We usually reference streamers as quarterbacks, tight ends, defense. So let's talk a little defense. Now, looking in the rear view mirror, defense is has been a bit of my, I don't know, kryptonite, I suppose. I was through 11 weeks. I was top 10 in all positions except defense. Defense right now, I would be using FF today. Pyro PPR scoring, just basically standard PPR, I would be 15th best streamable D. Um, that's, again, over 50% ownership or, or guys that are available in um, at least 50% of leagues. Now, this week, I got a, there's a lot of streamable defenses, honestly. I got quite a few written down, of course. I'm going to go with an official one. Who are you liking at D that you can pick up and play uh, week 13? You know, I, I I said this streaming defense, and I got a little, I got a few weird, uh, weird looks, weird remarks from it. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and give you all the D, um, and that's the Oakland Raiders. Oh, uh, I like it. Yeah, they're widely available, um, and they're coming off three solid weeks: uh, Denver, <laughs> Houston, Carolina. Nothing amazing, but um, solid enough to get you by. And uh, here comes that uh, that team that I said. Uh, is incredibly banged up, and I thought there's no way they get to their over-under in Buffalo. Uh, no way they get to their over, I mean. Um, they're making a trip all the way across the country, about as far as you can travel against uh, in the NFL. Khalil Mack has six straight games where he has a sack. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Irvin has been an absolute beast. Um, I think the Oakland Raiders will be just fine on defense this week. I like that call. I really do. Um uh, Khalil Mack has been a monster, as you've said. And one stat I really like to look at offensively is quarterback hits. It doesn't really count in fantasy, I, I realize. However, obviously, the more you're hitting the quarterback, chances are, the more sacks you're going to have, the more, perhaps, interceptions they're going to throw. And even you know a fumble or bad passes, just because they're going to have happy feet because they hear you coming, that's inevitable. Bills are fourth in quarterback hits allowed, and that's who Khalil Mack and this Oakland team is going up against. So I do like that call. Thank you. I, I got a few. I'm going to toss out maybe my least to best. Not that I have a magic crystal ball. Though, Lord knows I wish I did. But I'm going to start off with the Bucks. They're widely available, nearly 90%. Travel to San Diego. San Diego, they've given up the fourth most fantasy points to defenses starting against them in the last five weeks. So only three teams have been better uh, for an opposing defense to face in the last five. Rivers. I, I love me some Rivers, but the man has 12 interceptions. That number is second most in the league. Uh, they are passing and passing a lot, so Bucks. 
I mainly like it just because I think there's going to be opportunity for them going up against San Diego. Also like Miami. They're available in less leagues, 68% available. 25 sacks, only 11 teams have more. Only 7 teams have more interceptions than the Dolphins. Uh, They're on the road, which I don't like, facing Baltimore. But at opening, this game was tied with one other at 40.5. That number was the lowest of the week. So might be able to pick up some points that way. And Miami is, I think, better than most people think when it comes to sacks and interceptions, which, as you know, at least last year, if you add up sacks and interceptions, that's where you get over 50% of your fantasy scoring. I've also got three more, one official. So two more, one official. Washington, 88% available. And here's really why I like the Washington. They're traveling. I don't like the fact that they're traveling, but they're facing Arizona, man. They allow, again, here's my stat. They allow the third most quarterback hits. Arizona is tied with the Browns, according to FF today, for the most fantasy points given to opposing defenses on a per-game basis. Yeah, what's going on with that? That's crazy. I know, right? They are just giving it up. Uh, Defenses do so well against this guy. Carson Palmer ain't what he used to be. Only six teams have more sacks than Washington going into Week 13. That was kind of surprising to me. Finally, using FF today and Pyrozone, PPR scoring, in the last five weeks. No other offense is allowing a fantasy defense more points. They're averaging 10.8. That's They're averaging double digits to opposing defenses. That's huge. The second team, the team that is allowing the second most, that's Cleveland, they're allowing an average per game that is a full point and a half less. So, wow. 10.8 is what Arizona allows. That's who Washington is going to be facing. I like the Jets a lot. Jets 90% available, and I like them because they're facing the Colts. Everyone uh, knows that the Jets have a very stout run D. They rank 7th for fewest adjusted line yards, according to Football Outsiders. They rank 2nd in tackles at or behind the line of scrimmage, so that's that stuff rate. They are going to stuff you. Only one team has more tackles for loss. Uh, because they are kind of that funnel D, you, you can't run against them. They really encourage teams to pass. And Indy, when they drop back, Indy, they, they pass a lot anyway, but they're allowing the second most QB hits. Uh, this is a recipe, again, for sacks, fumbles, INTs, hurries, bad decisions. So I like the Jets. My official pick, though, got, got to be the Packers. 75% available. Nice. Home to... Houston and Brock Itis. The Packers got a sneaky, mean defensive line. Uh, their stuff rate, again, uh, tackles for running backs with a loss on the play. Fourth best. They are allowing less than four yards per carry to opposing backs. Now, only seven teams have more quarterback sacks than the Packers. And as I said, the big draw here is the case of Brockitis that Houston unfortunately paid for. Uh, Brock comes in as the 28th most accurate passer. 28th when you adjust for aimed throws. His interceptions... Is that bad? It is terrible. Keep in mind, sir, there are 32 teams in the league. 32. So he is 28. And 13. 13 interceptions. That's right up there with... 
Bortles and Fitzpatrick, although I got to say Fitzpatrick's been better as of late. Goodness gracious, uh, they paid for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> How much more of this can they put up with, to be honest? I mean, and Bill O'Brien, yeah, I really liked him at the beginning. I don't know, maybe he was a bit overrated. Uh, what do you think? is? Go- what are the Texans going to do with this situation they've got? Uh, it's a, it's a terrible situation. Before you um, before you said the Packers, um, I was gonna ask because I didn't I didn't know where you were gonna go with your last team. If you had the uh, probably can't say that word. If you had the uh, fortitude, intestinal fortitude to play the Packers, who have been terrible against the pass, but against a team that can't pass the ball, um, in Houston coming in a Lambeau, I, I think the Packers is a great call and and one of the the streaming options is available. Um, as far as what's Houston going to do, I mean, they're probably going to have to just swallow that contract and and see what happens for next year. But um, unfortunately, that's what happens when you have these NFL off seasons where you don't really get to have the opportunity to have a guy come in and evaluate him yourself. You just got to go off the tape and and hope. But um, and that's the thing. He sucks. There- there wasn't much tape. I mean, yep. why make such an investment at the most crucial position in the league when you it was such a question mark. I just don't know why they invested that much in a guy we really didn't get to see yet, you know? Makes you, I, uh, uh, makes you miss Brian Hoyer. Yeah. How and ridiculous I, is that sentence? <laughs> well, when you've caught Brockitis, it sounds pretty good. And this is, you know, the type of decision that can set uh, an organization back years yep. to be honest now still small sample size maybe we got some optimists out there but like you say packers they, they give it up uh did you have one uh gunter he is good uh for a cornerback now the other two are not uh randall's terrible uh hide slot corner he's terrible but gunter's pretty decent and again the the main draw here is they're stout really tough against the ground game and Brock Itis. The decisions he's making, 13 interceptions, I think Packers at, uh, I believe they're at Lambeau, yeah, they're home versus uh, Houston. I think that's going to be a formidable uh, task, and I think they can rack up some points. Hopefully they're going to be in the lead, which is going to force Houston into some bad decisions. That's what I like. But I do like the Jets as well. Uh, you think you think my Packers call is the official one, or would you would you pull it off for the Jets or someone else? I don't like the Jets. I'm sorry. Don't like the Jets. I, I don't Against- like the Jets. Actually, Luck is going to be one of my one of the players that I might pay for this week in uh, in DFS. So um, I I don't love the Jets this week. Now the the interesting thing in, in DFS especially, but you can have a great performance from a quarterback right and still defensively do yeah. well yeah yeah and w- which i think could certainly be the case with luck he is andrew luck although he hasn't been as good but i just think there's going to be lots of opportunity for defensive points to be put up and, and that's all you can look for right when you're running the ball when you're catching the ball you want opportunity you want targets you want attempts and you want you know passes and plays and i think the the Colts can give them that thing, can give them the opportunity. We just got to see if they can cash in. Packers going to be my official call, and we are rolling right on to, I guess you could call it streaming, but we call it pick and flick. So a running back and a wide receiver that's available in 50% of leagues. But before we get there, let's pause for 
trivia question number two. Ooh, I like sir. this. All right. Now, while Detroit, my beloved Lions, mm-hmm. and Cleveland have allowed a league high nine touchdowns to opposing tight ends. Heck, Carolina, they've allowed eight. Cincy, they've allowed seven. But there's one team, one team, and I got to tell you, fans at home, if you were paying attention, you should have been able to get this one. There is one team that has prevented all opposing tight ends from crossing the paint this year. I want Christian you to think about that while the folks at home think of, oh, we can talk uh, prizes, my friend. I I don't want to get you all on Twitter just yet. You got to keep your eye on the prize, your your nose to the grindstone. We got four total questions, Ooh. so you got to get through number two yet before we're talking about the gold at the end of this trail. Think about which defense has not allowed a tight end touchdown this season while you listen to this, and we'll be right back. All right, pyromaniacs. As you know, it's getting to be that time of the year where. More and more people are playing DFS. We know you love playing fantasy, so we're asking you to join us over on Draft. Draft is a simple daily fantasy app where you can do snake drafts, just like the ones you do at the beginning of your season-long leagues. You can do drafts whenever you want. They last for just one day, and they only take a couple minutes to complete. On Draft, you can play for free, or better yet, You can play for some coin. And get this, your chances of winning on draft are over 200% better than your chances of winning on some of the other major DFS sites. I've been using draft for a few weeks now. I've been tweeting out when I do, asking folks to join me. I did one earlier today, and I don't know if you're going to like this, Christian, but I did indeed pair up uh, Drew Brees with Brandon Cooks. Uh, The Saints are expected to score just over 29, and I'm feeling good about it. Join me on Draft. Be sure to enter the promo code PYRO when you do. That's P-Y-R-O. Now, you can download Draft, so just search Draft in the App Store. It's the first one that comes up. Or you can go to PlayDraft.com. Remember to enter the promo code PYRO, and you will get 100% of your deposit matched in bonus. Make sure you download Draft now, and I will see you there. All right, sir, as I said before the break, we've got one defense that has not allowed a tight end to score this year. If you've been studious, you might have been able to catch this one earlier, Pyromaniacs, but uh, Christian, can you tell me that, D? I know you can. Who are the Arizona Cardinals? Ding, ding, ding. The Cardinals. They have also, so not only have they not allowed a, a touchdown, they've allowed the second fewest receptions to the position, just 32. They've allowed the fewest yards 282, and the fewest points per game, 5.5. Again, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, and I know you guys were as well, the, the, the Vernon Davis dilemma, what to do there. So, yeah, we've got uh, we've got the Cardinals stout against the tight end, which never really used to be the case historically. Yep. It's like they got the message. They got the memo. Hey, I guess. Guard tight ends. Bruce Arians, I don't even think he knew what the tight end was. To no, be honest, he doesn't. Lord knows they don't use it offensively. Uh, let's talk streaming 
Well, it's not really streaming. They call streaming for defense and quarterbacks and tight ends. We're going to call it pick and flick, but guys that you can pick up off the waiver wire and flick right into your lineup. Now, I've been charting this, doing well, been doing far better uh, before week 12. Week 12 took its toll, but still, still, I'm at 188.2. That's just two tenths out of sixth place. Uh, so I'm in seventh, right in, in between McCoy and Freeman. Now on NFL Fantasy, there are 46 running backs that you got to take out of the equation because they're in 50%. Uh, they've got 50% ownership or more. I've really got one that I like. I will th- toss out two just... Hey, you might want to grab AP now. Uh, he looks like he's going to be coming back. Also, another guy that could be on your radar, Shane Vereen. He could return week 14. Uh, but n- none of those I'm starting. I do have one that I'm going to talk about, but who do you have at the running back spot, Christian? I have here a guy that I've personally had stashed for a few weeks now because it's been my my long-awaited hope that he would eventually take over the starting job. And I think it's finally arrived, and that's Kenneth Dixon. Um, He's out here owned in 14.5% of NFL.com leagues. That is way too low. Dixon last week had more touches, more snaps than Terrence West. Had 17 touches to go uh, for 80 total yards. Now here come the Dolphins, who have been decent against the run, um, but they've allowed nice receiving totals to backs. Um, They gave up... 11 catches for 79 yards and a touchdown to the 49ers last week. Um, They gave up 62 receiving yards to Melvin Gordon. Um, Dixon is a deeper guy. Uh, You can pick up, plug in at your flex spot this week or your RB2 and feel pretty damn comfortable with it. Yeah, you know, fantasy, I have been loving Dixon. We talked to Dave T. Thomas. He's been scouting since... He was 14, actually, for uh, the Oakland Raiders. He's in his 60s now. He's been around forever, knew Al Davis. I think Al Davis was actually his godfather or something. So really in in the league, used to do uh, NFL draft report, runs all these uh, sites. He was in love with Dixon this summer, really turned a lot of us on at Pyro. And I think you're not the only one. Fantasy owners, they have been waiting for Dixon. I don't know what Harbaugh sees if West you know, made some deal at a crossroads with a shady character at midnight or what. But to me, Dixon's always been the man. But West, he's, you know, from the Baltimore area. He's really been hanging on. But I totally think it should be the Dixon show. But thus far, they've just kind of been cannibalizing each other. I, I'm i with you. Just give I think. it some time, man. It's going to be a role that's going to keep slowly increasing. You're going to see that timeshare shift more and more every week. Yeah, and in the last roughly, what, four weeks, it's really been shifting that way. West always kind of seems to, you know, just when I think the the nail is in the coffin, he always seems to pull out a tight uh, touchdown or seems to pull out something out of his butt that uh, keeps him there. But well, That's weird. <laughs> well, yeah, you should, uh, you should see what else he's been doing behind the closed curtains. But right. we won't get into that. Now, my guy is a guy I've never really liked. However, Mr. Starks, 67% available. Talked a little bit about uh, the Green Bay defense. Now, oftentimes, I think you can have a good play or a good stack with defense and offense. Meaning, if the defense is rolling, they're going to want to chew the clock, use the ground game. 
And I think Stargs could be that. The Green Bay, their home, Lambeau Field, to Houston. The Packers expected to score just shy of 26 points when the game opened. Again, 6.5 was the spread. Now, basically, they're expecting Green Bay to win fairly handily. And if that holds true, that game script is going to be, like I said, positive, going to be a ground game. Not only that, in the last five weeks, Houston has allowed 337 yards to backs out of the backfield. That's the second most receiving yards to running backs allowed in the last five weeks. And that's where Starks really makes his bones. In that time, they've allowed three receiving touchdowns. Uh, two weeks ago, three different Oakland backs went for over 50 receiving yards against them. Eight different running backs have been able to catch at least three passes against Houston. Again, Starks is that, heck, Green Bay is that offense. Uh, four different backs have rushed for at least 90 yards, and it's not just PPR. When you adjust for schedule, only four teams are more favorable for opposing backs in standard formats. Now, I know we've got the C-Mike truthers out there. Last week, he was involved in two offensive snaps. Let's face it, C-Mike has never been known for you know what's in between his ears. And with Aaron Rodgers, you need something there. He's a guy that's running the offense, he's changing plays at the line, and one, I don't think there's been time, and I don't know if he's got the synapses to fire in his brain to really get the playbook down uh, to where he's going to get the trust of Rodgers or to get the trust of McCarthy. So I think Starks is going to be a nice play this week. Right. Can the can the uh, truthers for Christian Michael please just stop at this point? It hey, is man. time. It is time for the sleeping. <laughs> I was I was a truther for a long, long time, and uh, maybe you know everything just kind of aligned, kind of like. The uh, the moon letters on Bilbo's map when he takes the dwarves up the back way and then the sun goes down and the moon comes up and everything is just perfect and the gates open. I think that kind of happened for C-Mike. The planets, the stars aligned. He had this window of time, his, what, second time back in Seattle, uh, where everything was good. That time has passed. I'm just going to go ahead and think uh, and make a guess that you like Lord of the Rings. Oh, baby, I am a Lord of the Rings man. I'm going to recommend to all of you Lord of the Rings guys out there. Uh, there's a fantastic book called Tolkien's Ring. It is awesome. It goes through all these old myths and legends and stuff Tolkien borrowed from. Uh, it is fantastic. But I digress. I'm going to close that book as I think, see, Mike, the chapter is closed on your career, sir. Oh, I see what you did there. See that? Did you catch it? Because that's, that's a nice. little tra transition. Transition. Yeah, a bit of a bridge. Nice. All right. We are moving on over to the wide receiver. So the last of the pick-inflickable positions. Uh, let's see here. Through 12 weeks, looking in the rearview mirror, I fell out last week. I think I was 9 through 12 or through 11 weeks. I am now at 13th. Last week, I tell you, I got beat up. Mentioned... Marquise Lee, I mentioned Dorio Green-Beckham. I mean, both of them were decent, 31 and 30. Unfortunately, my official guy last week was Kendall Wright. He had a fantastic matchup and did nothing with it, you bastard. Uh, he stuck a dagger in my heart, and I am been crying into my pillow ever since, and thus I am at 13 on the year. 
But I'm going to keep on keeping on. I got a few guys jotted down here. Who are you liking at the wide receiver spot that guys can go out and grab right now and play week 13? You know, I got one that has been hot as of late. And uh, like you mentioned, people might be a little scared of him because of the return, the possible return of Jeremy Macklin. And I say, fear not and continue to trust in Tyreek Hill. He's still available in 58.7% of leagues, which makes no sense to me. He's owned in less than half of NFL.com leagues. Um, I said that I like Alex Smith this week, and I will continue to say that I think the biggest products of Alex Smith this week, it's not going to be Macklin. He's coming back, maybe, and he's going to be limited in my opinion. It's going to be Hill and Kelsey again this week. So I like Tyreek Hill for one more week at least. And even with Macklin back, I think they found a they finally found a good second option to Jeremy Macklin. All right, Tyreek Hill, he's definitely been impressive. Like you say, a lot of this hinges on Macklin's availability and certainly if he goes his performance. He's been banged up, uh, limited practice all week. I got a guy I want okay. to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have something else on? Uh, yeah, I, I got a couple other just, you know, diving options. Oh, um, bring the ruckus, man. More The more names, the merrier. So um, when it comes to wide receivers, we got to see what happens with Brandon Marshall. But I think Quincy Inunua, should Marshall be out? You like Ryan Fitzpatrick earlier. I think Inunua's a pretty good option versus Indy. They're going to have to... This is going to be a pretty decent scoring game, in my opinion. I know you like the Jets' D and all that. I think... Um, and anyone has a, a shot, a real shot, at some serious fantasy production this week. Um, on top of that, we saw Marcus Wilson be decent last week for the Bears. Um, they've got San Francisco coming to town this week. And um, I know it's tough to rely on Matt Barkley... But um, Wilson was pretty damn good last week. Eight catches, 125 yards, 11 targets. You really like to see that. So I think he might be the one in the new Bears offense, you know, without Jay Cutler and without Alshon Jeffrey. So Wilson's probably a pretty good deeper option for a lot of players out there that I like not only in your season leagues, but in daily as well. Yeah, and uh, two things, you know, just because I do, uh, you, you mentioned Anunwa, I, I think that is indeed a good call. I, I do think Fitzpatrick uh, can do well this week. Also, the Wilson, I mean, I don't know about you, I did not expect Barkley to do what he's been doing. Very small sample size, but I, I was all over uh, the defensive play last week. Boy, he really came out and surprised, and man, did he have his eye on Wilson. Uh, so that looks like they've got some chemistry there. So I do like that Wilson play as well. A guy that kind of reminds me a bit of Tyreek Hill, uh, Taylor Gabriel. Oh, love it. Super fast. Now, I'm kind of on Atlanta. Here's the thing that scares me. I love Taylor Gabriel. Here's the thing that scares me off about him, though. Marcus Peters, he plays 92% of his snaps on the defensive left. That's where Taylor Gabriel plays. You know, Gabriel moves around a bit, but he plays his highest percentage on the offensive right. He's going to be lined up across from Marcus Peters. My worry is, though, that Atlanta sticks Julio on the one side and just sort of 
tosses up Taylor Gabriel and says, well, you're going to be on uh, Marcus Peters, their best corner. So that's that's my worry that that happens. I don't know that it will. And Taylor Gabriel, boy, he can just strike. He can get you those big ones, man, because he is so flipping fast. Yep. I Dude. really like him. I also like Sanu. And honestly... I think I gotta go with Sanu as my official. He's 50, 56% available. Atlanta, they're home. Atlanta's expected to score over 26 points. Now, he's the slot wide receiver. In the last five weeks from the slot, Sanu's been averaging nearly seven targets a game. In that span, he only has one less catch than Julio. So, particularly PPR leagues here. In that span, they've played a total of four games in five weeks. Julio is only averaging two. More PPR points than Sanu in the last four Atlanta games. We talked a bit about Marcus Peters. Let's talk about some of the other guys there. Philip Gaines. Uh, he's the slot corner for KC. He is horrific. Yep. Mr. Gaines gave up a full or gives up a full two fantasy points just over. Two fantasy points for every five routes run. Out of the 96 starting cornerbacks in the entire NFL, only two are responsible for more fantasy goo on a per-route basis. I really think Sanu uh, could have a very nice game here. I like the Atlanta backs. Again, the, the wrench that might be thrown in there is who winds up with Peters, but with Sanu, you don't have to worry about that because he's going to be going up against Gaines. Got another guy, though, that I do like as well, um, too. Goodwin, just going to kind of breeze over him because I'm going to talk about him a bit later. But Woods, Harbin are out. His slice of the pie has grown enormously. So I'm going to talk about Goodwin in the DFS segment, but I do like him. He is available. Brandon LaFell. About 90% available last week. Both LaFell and Boyd. Ever, this was the great debate, right? Uh, right. Who, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Well, they both had nine targets last week. I, I Personally, I think it's going to... You're not going to know. I kind of think one week it could be one guy. One week it could be the other. So let's look at the matchup. This week, LaFell stands out. He goes up against McKelvin. I talked about how bad Philip Gaines was. In fact, Philip Gaines, as I said, gives up... Two fantasy points for every five routes run. There are only two starting cornerbacks that give up more on a per-route basis. McKelvin is one of them. He's the guy that's going up against LaFell. Uh, I think that's a beauty matchup to go up against, like I say, 96 starting corners. This guy is giving up uh, the most per-route run. So I like these two guys just for who they're going to see, Sanu and LaFell. I'm going to go ahead and take Sanu. It's a higher implied total. I'm going to trust the quarterback, Matty Ice, a bit more than I will for uh, the Red Rocket. Uh, Sanu's my official call, but I think LaFell could be could be good this week and a good win as well. What do you think about those those calls? Do you like either Sanu or LaFell? Or? Well, I think the, the matchup is primed uh, for an amazing day for Atlanta. Um, for me, when we get into the DFS segment, I can't seem to avoid Julio Jones. Oh, I, God, yeah. I'm going to have him everywhere. And I know a lot of people will, but I I have him ranked in my rankings as my number one um, wide receiver this week, my number one 
player, I mean, outside of quarterback for the week is going to be Julio Jones. And I can't seem to get away from him. The Chiefs allowing the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. You wouldn't think that because they have an overall pretty solid defense in my mind. But when it comes to fantasy wide receivers, they give it up and they give it up a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we've got Julio at number two this week. It's going to be a great Atlanta week, I think. And I think there's going to be enough left over for Sanu. I was really surprised that in the last four games played, Sanu is averaging just two less points uh, in that time. It's that. Let's move over to DFS, if we could. Let's just kick it off, and then we'll uh, do one position, and then we'll drop over for a bit of trivia to question number three. But uh, quarterback quarterback at the DFS. Now, this one's a bit different, so I'm charting all my picks as well. Here, you know, every week, I guess, if you're going to go ahead and start Tom Brady and you just add up your points, you're going to look pretty good. It doesn't work exactly like that with DFS. Now, if you're not as familiar with DFS, there's really... People are scared off for some reason. I don't think you should be. You're still trying to put up the most points. You're just trying to do it with a certain allotment of money. And so what you're looking for is value. On DraftKings, which is normally what I play, you want to score about 3x value. That is for every $1,000 you spend on a guy, you want to get a return of three times that. So for example, 3000 is the minimum wide receiver or running back price. So if you start a guy, you want to get at least nine points. Three times three is nine. Uh, if you go over to FanDuel, you're looking for about 25 now, 3x is going to put you at 150 points on DraftKings. That should give you some money. If you get 4x, now you might be talking you're winning the big money. So 4x is super hot. 3x, is you're going to be right there. 3x is what you're shooting for through 12 weeks. I am at, at the quarterback position, 3.32. Uh, my last... Last week was my first sub-3x quarterback in nine quarterback picks. So I've been doing pretty good at the quarterback spot. And I'm going to need your help this week. But before I turn to you uh, for your advice, let me hear who you are taking at DFS QB. Um, You know, before I say that, great explanation on the multiples um, really helps people kind of conceptualize what their goal should be. Um, So for, for me this week... I want to say this in mind, it's a Monday night game, so you would have to play the uh, Sunday through Monday 14-game slate um, to get Andrew Luck in my lineup. He's not a guy that a lot of people are reaching to pay for. Usually I don't say, hey, spend a ton of money on a big-name quarterback, but I think good things are coming this week for the Colts passing game. We have to see what happens with Luck because obviously he has... He's in his last stage of the concussion protocol, visited a neurologist on Friday. It looks like everything's fine and he's trending towards playing. Um, I love him stacking with, and we'll get to, I I don't know if I want to say this now or not. Oh, bring the ruckus. All right. Dante Moncrief. So I know that Luck has been, I mean, um, T.Y. has been a bit banged up. Moncrief has scored in four straight weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. This guy does nothing but score. Like, that's his M.O. What the hell is is up with this offense? Like, T.Y. gets, you know, a lot of production, but Moncrief is going to get you those catches and he's going to get you those touchdowns. And that's what you're looking. Double-digit fantasy points in every game for Moncrief since he's returned from injury. Um, 
So really liking him along with Luck. I think they'll be worth the money this week. Yeah, you mentioned earlier. I've had Moncrief belief all year long. You mentioned earlier being on Russell Wilson's jack, which it, from what I hear, it's a pretty lonely place, right? He was yeah. a, a virgin for many, many a year. That, yeah. Went yeah. there. Yeah, That's interesting. Pulled, pulled that one out. Moncrief. Is, uh, Terrence West there pulled, pulled one out. <laughs> hey, Moncrief. I've had Moncrief belief in, like you say, Four touchdowns, four games. He's the tallest pass catcher there. Or, I'm sorry, the tallest wide receiver there. Right. When they get in close, Luck just has this chemistry. Last year, before Luck went out, five of his 15 touchdowns went to Moncrief, and boy, have they picked up right off where they where they left off. So, again, Monday night, got to be cognizant of that. I do like it. And again, just because I like the defense against Luck does not mean Luck can't have a good game. Just means I think there's going to be opportunity because Luck is going to be passing a lot. I haven't officially picked a quarterback yet, so you can help me with this one. Okay. I got them listed top to bottom, and I usually use DraftKings. So let's so start off with DraftKings. Are you trying to be a little conservative or spend? Because I well, think if you if you want to go a little lower on the price range, a uh, guy that we mentioned in our streamers, Colin Kaepernick, is probably a very viable option here as well. Absolutely, and that's. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Sometimes we have people kind of uh, tune in for one or the other, maybe the DFS, or they tune in for the streaming. A lot of these are flip-flop. You can put a streamer very easily into DFS. If I like a guy there, I'm still going to like him as DFS, and vice versa. So Kaepernick, absolutely. And what I like to do at the quarterback spot is have about, I usually write them down. I, I keep all my, my picks written down either on the computer or while I'm doing it, I'm writing it down on a piece of paper so I know how many shares of a guy I have. I play multiple lineups. So I play multiple GPP lineups. I play one cash lineup. But I like to have multiple quarterbacks because if indeed there's a guy running back I really want and I'm just you know a couple hundred short, I can drop down on the quarterback. And yep. I like to have several of the quarterbacks. I'm going to be more apt to start very, very similar wide receiver lineups, or I'll have my core running backs. Quarterbacks, I mix up a bit. So I might start, I don't know, uh, a quarterback 20% of my lineups and have you know four different quarterbacks or something like that, five quarterbacks, something like that. Now, I'm starting off with Breeze. I believe he is the most expensive on DraftKings Correct. of the guys I'm picking and of all the guys. Uh, 7600 so that's top dollar. I usually don't like to go that high at quarterback. Again, I like this game stack. I think this is going to be a, a big scoring game, 54 over under. As we said, second highest implied of the week, just over 29. Now in the red zone, only five teams have a higher percentage of their touchdowns come from the pat or uh, come from the pass than does the Saints. So they score in the red zone via the pass and flip flop that, vice versa. Detroit. They surrender a ton of points through the air. In fact, uh, only allowed two rushing touchdowns this season. Correct. More of a funnel D again. Not that they're phenomenal against the the uh, the run. They're stout. They're good, but they're very susceptible against the pass. So I think that's going to invite more passing from a team that already passes quite a bit, especially once they get into the red zone. Uh, there are only four defenses out there that have allowed a higher percentage of multi-passing TD games. So 64% of the Lions games, the opposing quarterback has put up at least 
two passing TDs. As I said, when you adjust for schedule, as 4 for 4 does, uh, only four teams are allowing more goo to opposing quarterbacks than the Lions are as of late on the season. Uh, the Lions are just horrific against the position. Stafford, same game. He's 7,000, so 600 less on DraftKings. He's 1,000 less on FanDuel. Breeze is 9,300. Uh, Staff is 8,300. It's a better FanDuel play, obviously. Again, this is the game stack that I'm liking in the red zone. Only one team has a higher percentage of touchdowns come from the pass. The Lions, man, they're effectively real similar to Green Bay. They don't have that traditional running back. I mean, they've got a back that catches passes in Riddick, but they don't have a guy that's, you know, ramming it down your throats in between the tackles, which means, to me, Stafford he's going to have a higher exposure to the touchdowns because their ground game is effectively him doing a quick toss over to Riddick. I mean, if you look on the season, Stafford is tied for 32nd in ADOT, average depth of target. He doesn't go down the field much when he does, or he did early to uh, Mr. Jones and me, but lately he's just been kind of doing those dump-offs to Riddick or Tate, and he's going to have exposure to almost all of their touchdowns, whether they come through Riddick in a quick pass or Tate or Ebron. I like Stafford for that reason. Uh, when they get in close, inside the 10, only eight teams have passed more, and he has the highest completion percentage inside the 10, better than any other quarterback. Down from there, 300 less on DraftKings at 6,700. Uh, more on FanDuel. So Aaron Rodgers, better DraftKings play. I like Aaron Rodgers in cash. Uh, Lambeau Field. Now, I know Houston, they're tough. But this team, I just think at Lambeau is, is tough. I, I got a good trivia question coming up that's going to back up how badass Rodgers has been as of late. This team expected to score over 25 points. They got a league high. 87% of their red zone touchdowns come from the pass. No other team is getting more red zone touchdowns through the pass than the Packers. Again, like the Lions, they lack for a real running back. Starks and Monty, they're effectively, you know, running the ball via short passes. Again, that gives Rodgers exposure to more of the touchdowns. My last guy, Tyrod Taylor, he's, he's, he's got Watkins, who's banged up, but he's got the legs. He's very similar to Kaepernick. We, we've talked up Cap, and I think he is fantastic. As we said, since his week six return, uh, 373 yards, no quarterback has more. Tyrod's right there. Uh, not right there. He's 271 in, since week six, but he's second most. In that span, though, Kaepernick only has one rushing touchdown. Tyrod's got four. Now, to get 3x value, which I talked about a little bit earlier, to get 3x value, Tyrod on DraftKings needs to get just over 17 points. On DraftKings, he has surpassed that number in all but three games. So I really think he's an easy guy to get you 3x value. I like Tyrod. So what do you think, buddy? Who's my official call in DFS? Breeze, Stafford, Rodgers at 6,700, or Tyrod at 5,700? Yeah, um, the one guy that, that I'm not playing in that lineup is probably Tyrod. I've already kind of mentioned a few times. Don't necessarily believe in in him there. So if you're giving me the option, I'm probably not going to spend the all that money 
on Drew Brees. So it's going to come down to between Stafford and Rodgers. 6,700 for Rodgers. I know he's playing Houston, but in Lambeau, Eddie Lacy being out is probably the best thing that ever happened for Aaron Rodgers owners. Um, Passing the ball more than he ever has in his career, more attempts. Um, I I think I'm going to go with Rodgers there. Pretty fair price, 6,700 for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, you had me right away. I could tell where you were going. I uh, bolded Rodgers and uh, was ready to roll. I think that is a good call. Let's pause, my brother. Trivia number three. Get that thinking cap on. Ooh. Do I get to do this the other way around? Put the thinking cap backwards? No, I mean, like, tr- give you a trivia question. Oh, you can totally bring the it's trivia. It's just like a random fact. Yeah. Do you know what Julio Jones's real name is? Boy, I'm trying to think back to. Uh, it's really awesome. Draft. Oh damn. I don't expect you to know this. I is just, this like something I would never get? Like a yeah, very you're never gonna get. Uh, it. Uh, what do you call African American? Um, very unique name that I've probably never even heard before. Yes. Wow. All right. So I try to get uh, everyone to know this because I think it's just I don't know why he would change his name to Julio when his name is awesome. uh, I'm going to say Julio. So I wonder if it starts with a J. Gidante. No, his his name is Quintoris. Quintoris. That's his real name. I like that. Yeah, it's really cool, right? I don't know why he's not rocking that. I wonder where the Julio comes from. Is that no his idea. middle name? Or? He just likes it. Huh. Well, yeah, if you got a badass name like Quintoris, I'd be wearing a cape, kicking ass and taking names. That is indeed a name I would like to put on a business card, to be honest. I did not get your trivia, but I'm going to see if you can get trivia question a number three. With the Rams' loss last week to the Saints, and, okay, loss is a word, Smackdown is a synonym that perhaps is better suited for what happened. Now, Jeff Fisher has just amassed 163, 163 losses in his career. He moved past Tom Landry, who had 162. However, I got to say for you Dallas guys out there, Tom Landry, he got to that number in 81 extra games. So really, uh, that, that really speaks to Landry's longevity as a coach and a good coach. And it speaks to uh, Fisher's deficiency and mediocrity, perhaps. Anyway, Fisher now stands at 163. I want to know how many more losses does Marina Suave, Jeff Fisher need before he holds the record outright by himself as the losingest coach. He's at 163 How many more losses before he holds the title all by himself for NFL's losingest coach? Think about that. And we're going to be right back with you on the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, fantasy fans, welcome back to the Pyro Light. Uh, Before we get to trivia answer number three, just want to take this opportunity to tell you that fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every week at draft 
DailyFantasyKings.com. That's America's favorite place to play Daily Fantasy Sports. Daily Fantasy means no season-long commitments. Just play whenever you want. Pick your sport, draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play. So you're never stuck with the same players. Over $1 billion will be won at DraftKings.com this year. And you could be the next big winner. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code PYRO, P-Y-R-O. All new users to DraftKings will receive a deposit matching bonus up to 600 bucks, And you get a free $3 game voucher. That's on DraftKings.com. Promo code PYRO. All right. Uh, Fisher, he is at 163 career losses. How many more losses before he officially becomes the losingest coach in NFL history? Yeah, um, unfortunately, unfortunately, due to the fact that uh, Jeff Fisher has been in the news this whole week, uh, this has already been circulating around me. So I believe the losingest coach in NFL history is Dan Reeves yes, at sir. 165. So he yes. needs three yes. more. Woo! You are smoking, my friend. Indeed. And then the Rams are playing New England, followed yeah. by Atlanta. What? They've and got five Seattle. games. They're I... going to do it in the next three. <laughs> yep. They're going to get there. And unfortunately, I'm pretty sure there's been rumors, at least, that they have already renewed Fisher for at least another year, right? It's absurd. Isn't it? It is absolutely absurd. So I... I um. I put out a poll of who was least deserving of a head coaching NFL job. It came back resoundingly Jeff Fisher. Well, of course. I mean, what name is more associated with just mediocrity than Jeff Fisher? I I don't know how he keeps getting jobs and, and keeps getting money. I called him Marina Suave. We've had sort of a long running joke. Jeff Fisher. If you picture him in your mind, Jeff Fisher looks like the guy at the local marina who's always trying to take your mom out on his boat. Okay, that's pretty good. Isn't it? Right? I think that totally mm-hmm. looks like Jeff Fisher. You got to submit that to, um, do, have you, do you ever listen to uh, the Dan Lebertard show? Oh, yeah. He does stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, I think that is a good one, right? Yeah. Jeff Go Fisher on. looks like the guy. This this is one that they uh, they put up. What he on the what he looks like. Jeff Fisher looks like the guy in a Leonard Skinner T-shirt, shotgunning a beer on the infield of a NASCAR track. Yeah, that's a good one. Shotgunning the beer for sure at NASCAR. I like it. All right, man. Let's. Uh, we're sticking in this DFS mode here. We we talked a bit of uh, quarterback thus far, and again. I play DraftKings, I play FanDuel, I play Draft, I play all these other ones, but we're shooting for 3x value. So again, every $1,000 you spend, you want to score three fantasy points, right? 3,000 is the minimum for running backs, wide receivers, so you want to get 9,000 on DraftKings, that's 3x value. So let's talk running backs. Before we do, let's look in the rear view. Uh, 3x value is what you're shooting for. I've picked 23 guys through 12 weeks, and I'm at 3.36x value. So above my uh, 3x goal, above my 3.32 for the quarterback spot. Nice. Now, who are you liking this week for the running backs? Lots of guys to be had. Who are you uh, eyeballing? Do you keep track of your guests? Because I feel like you should do that for next I season. Don't. That's that's a lot of work, and I'm and I'm then kind have me of, on uh, so I could be like 
your uh, I'm, most accurate guest. I, I'm kind of self-centered, so okay. all right. You know, it's really all about well, me. Well, damn, <laughs> it's messed up. <laughs> um, all right, I got I got a couple guys here. Depending on your price range, so I'd like to give you guys a little a uh, little bit of wiggle room and some options. So, um, you know, obviously you're gonna love Le'Veon Bell and those guys. I'll give you a guy a little bit cheaper than that. Doug Martin, 5,700 on DraftKings against San Diego. They're giving up the 27th most uh, fantasy points to running backs this season. And what does Tampa Bay do? They give their lead back a ridiculous amount of carries, regardless of who that is. So Doug Martin, in his two games that he's been back, even if he wasn't at full health, they didn't give a damn. They gave him 20 carries. Um, they gave him over 20 carries in each. He's going to get the volume. He's $2,100 cheaper than LaShawn McCoy at Oakland. He's $1,200 cheaper than Jordan Howard. Um, Doug Martin is probably, for me, one of the better bargains on DraftKings against San Diego. I think he's going to be just fine. I love this game for the San Diego passing offense, and I love it for the Tampa Bay rushing offense. So Doug Martin, basically. I like the Doug Martin call. We've got him at the the Pyro Heat Index, our algorithm that we worked tirelessly at this summer. We're still perfecting, but we've got him uh, number nine, I believe, just inside the top ten. I answered a second opinion, which, of course, for a bit of a promo, if you are a Pyro Pro member, you can ask any question and we get right back to you. But I just answered a second opinion where he was asking a lot of guys, and I kept saying Doug Martin, Doug Martin uh, over... Quite a few, so I've, I'm feeling Martin this week as well. A couple other guys to toss out. Uh, you know, every week I will spend time on the big guys. I'm doing that less and less. Uh, just right. the big guys are freaking awesome. I you got know? a cheap guy for you too later when you're done with those. I got a I got a, a bargain later on. Well, not only am I self-centered, but I am a cheap bastard. So I I like the cheap guys in particular so you can spend up and go out and grab yourself a david johnson uh some of the other guys i mean david johnson for one just to talk a little bit about him uh 26.5 implied team total his 3x value though just over 28 the man has surpassed 26 DraftKings points seven times this year he's facing a washington team who i do like defensively just because they're playing Arizona but not exactly because they're going to stop DJ uh DJ in fact on pyro we have something called the TPW the top positional weeks David Johnson has been a top 12 PPR performer in 82 percent of his games more than any other running back 82 percent of the games he's played he's been in the top 12 for PPR so how can you not go with him that's moving down from there uh, Riddick in cash, real quick, 5,800, 6,500 Fanduel. He's a solid floor guy. That's what I'm looking for in cash. You're not going to hit it out of the park. I'm not looking to win against thousands of other contestants in a GPP. If you're going head-to-head, you're looking to beat, you know, 50% of the lineups out there. One guy. So Riddick, he's got a safe floor. I like him in cash. I also like Carlos Hyde in cash. He's playing a Bears team that's really been decimated on D and Hyde he's sort of impervious to game script he, he's going to get it done whether they're up whether they're down although it's been more of the latter uh, this year certainly in nine games Hyde has achieved at least 3x value six times 
He's been a top five performer in three weeks thus far this year. So I like both those guys in my cash. One other guy to mention here, and it's Blunt. I've been on Blunt a lot this year. 5,500 on DraftKings, 6,600 on FanDuel. He's home. And when he is home, this man gets it done. He's got 12 rushing TDs this season, seven of which came in just five home games. Faces the Rams, I know they're, they're kind of good, uh, at least against the, the, the run. They're, they're not bad. The Patriots, though. They have the largest implied point total of the week, 29.5, and the largest spread. So, to me, Wild Bill isn't as hard to figure out as most. When they're playing a really bad run D, you know it's going to be good. Or, when they're playing a game and they've got a positive game script, 13 points is what they're expected to win by. You can't get more positive than that. I think they just feed it to Blunt and he gets it done. Uh, I really like Blunt. Maybe more GPP, because it's not always guaranteed, but I think he's solid. My two official guys, though, I got Jordan Howard, 7,400, 6,900 on DraftKings. How can you not? Facing San Francisco, give up the most, taking a big breath here, taking the most running back, or giving up the most running back yards, the most rushing TDs to running backs, and the most running back points on a per-game basis. That's what the 49ers give up. And Joho, he is basically... He's their weapon, man. He is their one and only real weapon. They've just been depleted offensively. Fancy players chase opportunity. And when this team lost everybody and their their cousin, uh, he's got opportunity in spades. So against a gr- easy D to get it done in San Francisco, and he's going to have lots of opportunity. My other guy, Forte, 5,900. So 1,000 less than Jordan, Jordan Howard. 5,900 on DraftKings, 69 on FanDuel. One reason is uh, Mangold could return. This is a Monday nighter. He got in, Nick Mangold, got into full practice on Thursday. I didn't check the Friday reports, but it's really trending like uh, the All-Pro Center is going to be back. That's going to bode well for this team facing Indy. You like this to be a scoring game. I think it will as well. They rank 31st. Indy ranks 31st when you adjust for fantasy schedule in yards surrendered. Uh, Indy has given up the 8th most PPR fantasy points. And here's the thing with Forte. Indy has surrendered 5 receiving touchdowns. No other team in the NFL has given up more passing touchdowns to opposing running backs. Uh, Top 12 PPR performer in 55% of his games is Mr. Forte. So, 5,900, I don't think you can really shy away from that. And Jordan Howard, 6,900. Thoughts and feelings there, sir? Are you ready to roll on to wide receiver? I think Jordan Howard, I mean, is is bound to have a great day. Um, His price is a little steep, obviously, against San Francisco. So, um, not a bad call there. I mean, he's going to finish one way or another as um probably worth right around his multiple i don't think you're going to get i don't think you're going to get much more than 3x but he's going to finish pretty damn close to it yeah that's why i like him is his cash you know you're yeah. not swinging for the fences but what else do they have there and against this team how can you not absolutely 
I looked it up. I think this was last week, but I looked it up. I think San Fran has surrendered, I want to say, 100 all-purpose yards in every game except one, and I want to say they've surrendered 100 rushing yards in all games except two, and those were very early on, I believe. Everybody gets it done against San Fran, ironically enough. Gurley was one of the ones who didn't. (laughs) But let's move over to wide receiver looking in the rear view. Uh, Again, didn't have a great week last week. Now, I did have Michael Thomas, so that boded well for me. However, my other ones really just sapped me. I've been struggling with the wide receiver in my DFS. Luckily, I'm I'm still in the black in DFS, but last two weeks have just been hurting me. I'm down to 2.41. Not great. Now, this week, lots to be had. I haven't exactly picked anyone, so I'm kind of uh, maybe going to see what you have to say, and maybe I will uh, hitch my wagon to your star, sir. Who do you like at the wide receiver spot? So a couple of guys I've already mentioned, and... You know, here's the position, and I don't get why more people don't exactly always spend all their cash on the wide receiver position. Um, I don't get it. Like, this is where you can get the most value with a lot of these guys. Um, so Julio, for me, is the lock. I know he's expensive, but and I, and I know you like um, some of the other options in the Atlanta game, but... I can't get away from him at all. Mr. Quintoris is going to have a monster game against Kansas City. It's just going to happen. Um, and if I'm wrong, okay, fine, I'm wrong. <laughs> it's going to happen, yeah. right? It's uh. You might have just sold me just because of the badass middle, the the badass real name. So uh, um, you you might have had me at Quintoris, but uh, I'm I'm with you. This is going to be Murphy's I, Law, where I'm going to say I'm going to speak up, <laughs> speak of Quintoris, and it's just going to bite me in the butt. Um, I'm going to spend money on Moncrief. I think where where we need to focus a little bit on is probably the guys that um, might be a little cheaper and maybe you can get a value as your wide receiver three in your flex spot. So um, I already mentioned Hill depending on Tyreek Hill, depending on what happens with Macklin. But um, I think uh, Marcus Wilson is in for another good week. Um, Again, had eight for 125 and a touchdown last week with Matt Barkley. Looked for him 11 times. So I know that Jordan Howard's going to get his. Um, the other option in this offense is is Marcus Wilson. And he's going to get the receptions. Maybe he doesn't score, but he's definitely going to outperform the $4,000 price tag that he has on DraftKings. Um, I don't see any reason why he can't get another seven or eight catches again. Um, the last guy that I want to mention, with Tavon Austin out, and the fact that the Patriots are favored by 13 and a half points, um, I do like the idea of Kenny Britt getting racking up catches this week. So um, I I don't necessarily think that he's going to blow the door off and and have a great week, but I I do think he's going to get enough catches and volume. The targets are definitely going to be there for Kenny Britt. And I think he's a play that you can feel comfortable with um, if you don't feel like spending a ton of cash on the bigger name guys. That's interesting. I've got a a tight end play. Not that this is going to be a big reveal for the Rams. Basically for some of the similar reasons there. Garbage time uh, against the Patriots. Like it. As you said, 
I mean, throw a dart. Quintoris, OBJ, Evans, Brown. Uh, they're such good picks. I'm going to pick three. Usually, I, I try to fit it and go for one of the big guys and talk up one of the big guys. Honestly, none of them really jumped out to me. The only reason I hesitate, I would, I certainly would say, I think, uh, Julio. The only reason I have it, hesitate is Peters. But honestly, that could go either one of two ways. Either he does see some of Peters, who I think is really, really good, or they kind of uh, sacrifice Taylor Gabriel like uh, folks used to do against Seattle sometimes and, and put him, this is maybe last year and years back, they would sacrifice a wide receiver, put him on Sherman's side, and then run the other guy. That might happen. And if it does with Atlanta against Kansas City, I do like Julio. Now, I'm going to start lower, and I'm gonna, I am gonna. got three official guys. Now, I'm going to go with four, but I'm going to say take your pick with the, the four biggies, Antonio, Michael, Evans, and uh, Odell and Quintoris. I'm going to go with that one from now on, sir. Love it. I do love that New Orleans-Detroit stack. I like a lot of plays there. So I'm going to talk about two, but maybe they're not the two folks would think. Sneed, 5,100 on DraftKings. I'm going to save a little bit here so I can spend up and go out and grab maybe a David Johnson and maybe some of those really big, expensive guys. So I'm going to spend down a little bit here and talk about some lower-priced wide receivers. Now, Wide receiver, sometimes they're a little bit more volatile, where I think you can get some floor, you can get some solid production, you can get some solid looks out of the running back. So this week, I might even go cheaper on some of the wide receivers so I can get those bigger ticket guys and Sneed. 5,100, I know he, he hasn't had the... the cachet maybe that Michael Thomas has had or we've got the squeaky wheel with Cooks this week that could very be well be a play I think Cooks is a nice GPP play don't get me wrong but Sneed and Cash 5100 I think you're gonna have a floor there Breeze home 360 yards over three TDs uh, 19 touchdowns in six home games I mean my goodness uh, we already talked about this game a lot, uh, going to score a lot of points, talked about being all over this game. He's going to face the Lions' worst cornerback in Quandry Diggs. Quandry Diggs, I see it week in, week out as I'm uh, tormented and I'm forced to watch these games. He's ranked by PFF. They rank 118 corners this week. He comes in at number 93. That is the Detroit slot corner that's going to be going up against Snead and I think he's going to have low ownership. Everybody's going to be on Michael this week, uh, so I think you're going to be able to get some leverage there off Snead while everyone else is going over towards Michael. Um, not that I'm... Uh, Michael's got a much harder matchup, so I would either go Cook, Snead for sure. On the Detroit side, because I said I like the game stack here, I think Golden Tate is your cash play, 6,200 DraftKings. Of course, he's more expensive there because DraftKings is full PPR, where FanDuel, he's 300 less, 5,900, but they're half PPR. I do like Golden Tate, but I really honestly, GPP, if you're going to swing for the fences, Marvin Jones, he's got a lower floor, he's got a much, much higher ceiling, so I would go Marvin Jones in GPP. He's only 4,400 on DraftKings. He's going to face Delvin Bro, who's been injured earlier on in the season. Delvin Bro. Ranks, I said there was 118 corners currently graded by Pro Football Focus. You're going to have to go from 118 all the way down to 111 before you get to Delvin Bro's name. He is god-awful. He's been hurt, and that's who Jones is going to face. 
And I think this game sets up well for some nice bombs to Marvin Jones. My other pick going to be, boy, oh boy. I'm still kind of debating here, See, still debating a little bit. But I want to say, if I wrote this down right, I'm pretty sure Marquise Goodwin. I'm almost positive. He's. I, I'm questioning myself. I can look it up here in a second. I'm pretty sure I wrote him down at 3,400 on DraftKings. And why not? Because you, you've got... Yeah, right? 3,400. So he's actually... My what you talking about Willis play, which we'll get to later. That's anybody who's within 500 of the minimum price. Indeed, minimum price for wide receiver, 3000 He's 3400 Now, last week, I hit well. I had Seth Roberts for 3000 He gave me 4.7x value as he returned 14.1 uh, DraftKings points. Marquise Goodwin is my guy against Oakland. Again, nice. going to have a bigger slice of the pie. Woods is out. Harvin is out. This game, although you don't think they're going to get to 50, what they opened up as, I just think because of the opportunity Marquise Goodwin for such a rock-bottom price, he's going to easily be able to return 3x value. Uh, so And he's going to allow you to spend up at other positions. So even if you kind of slip and miss on him, it's honestly not going to hurt you that bad. I was looking at the, the millionaire winners. Boy, on FanDuel and DraftKings, I should have wrote down their lineups. Each of them missed, and missed bad at two spots. They were both uh, lower-priced guys. They were both guys that allowed them to get more uh, expensive players. That's where they returned value, and that's how they won. So if you miss even on this guy, it's not going to hurt you that bad. If you hit on this guy, it's really going to help you. And how can you not with such opportunity with two starting wide receivers out? Love it. I have uh, two guys in the... What you're talking about, Willis, and I, I guess um, we'll get there in just a second, but he was the second guy pending whether or not the first guy had the opportunity. Yeah, I, I wrote down a few, and we can even jump right there if you like, if you're if you're there. It's all about opportunity, and uh, I think one of my guys, I had two written down, one of them might be a guy that you're going to talk about. Uh, I, indeed, last week, I named a few last week. I missed on Curse, but I hit on Seth Roberts. Again, Goodwin is a guy I like Like him enough this week. I'm going to officially uh, make him one of my wide receiver picks. Boom. Who do you like for uh, the what you're talking about, Willis? Again, this is guys that are within $500 of the minimum price. Whatever position, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Guys that are bottom dollar. And again, not going to hurt you as bad if you miss on these guys. And you're able to spend up at other positions. So who do you like for the what you talking about, Willis? Play. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this with a caveat. This is if the other running back options are officially ruled out. So Chris Ivory has already been officially ruled out. TJ Yeldon might miss the game with an ankle injury. Someone has to run the ball for the Jags. Denard Robinson. $3,200. Pretty much as cheap as you can get. Bottom of the barrel guy has a shot to get all the work should TJ Yeldon be out. Denard Robinson for $3,200. Ain't half bad. The Broncos have not been as great against running backs as you might think. They allow the 12th most fantasy points. Remember, full PPR in DraftKings. So if Yeldon is out, I like Robinson to get the opportunity to get a few catches here and there to definitely have 
some value at 3200 and allow you the opportunity to definitely go out and get some of those bigger name players. The other guy that I have listed, should Yeldon play, I would not play Denard Robinson, and I would play Goodwin, which is the guy that you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I like I, I really am on Goodwin uh, this week. I think Who else that's are you going to throw the ball to? The report on Sammy Watkins was he may play one snap, he may play 20. You don't want a guy that's going to play maybe 20 snaps, even though he could do something with it, right? He's the type of guy he, he yeah, could yeah. he could play five snaps and score. Um, but Marcus Goodwin's the guy that's going to get the volume of the targets this week at, at a dirt cheap price. And, you know, he's got to be the guy to go to for the what you're talking about Willis play. And, and I saw reports, too, that after he practiced – the, for the first time this week on Wednesday, he uh, was practiced limited. His ankle swelled up. Uh, that was the uh, injury repaired ankle, the surgically repaired ankle. Ankle swelled up. Seems to be better. So if you're reading the tea leaves, uh, it seemed to got better pretty quick. But honestly, if you're the bu- if you're Buffalo, are you gonna risk his future for a game or two? I mean, why not just put him on ice at the very least? You're going to be cautious. Even if he does play, you've got to be cautious with this guy, which just increases Goodwin's opportunity threefold. I mean, not only are you out Harvin and you're out Woods, now you're talking about your main guy that you're being very concerned of, the the face of your franchise practically, uh, or one of them at least. Uh, You know he's going to be limited if he is able to go uh, at all. And that just spells too much goodness, too much fantasy goo for Goodwin. So I like that. Uh, I got to stick with him, loving him this week. Now, let's turn. We did the wide receiver, did running back, did the quarterback. So let's talk tight end. I kind of uh, gave mine a bit of reveal, but I've got a few mentioned. Um, And Kendricks, who I did reveal, he's not my official guy, but... While I tossed him out there, just to let you know, I am 3.28 value on tight ends. I've got four other guys mentioned. Kendricks, real quick, 2,900 on DraftKings. Uh, By the way, on DraftKings, tight ends go down to 2,500. He's 2,000 more on FanDuel. Uh, He's a GPP play because there's certainly no floor. But in each of Goff's two games, Kendricks has received seven targets in each game. Uh, 54 yards, I believe, minimum, was in each game. Scored a touchdown last week. Uh, The rookie quarterback seems to be forming a bit of chemistry with uh, Kendricks, who nobody has ever argued against his athletic prowess. He is kind of a freak. Just hasn't really been able to put it together, hasn't had a a quarterback to get it to him. Not that Goss the man, but they've got chemistry, and he's giving him opportunity. Uh, The major negative game script, we already alluded to that, so you've got, you know, in my book, Christian, garbage time touchdowns count just as much as fantasy as those scored in the first quarter. And I think we could see a lot of garbage time touchdowns here when adjusting for schedule. The Pats are only 25th against tight ends. Uh, They're 19th against PPR tight ends, uh, 25th for standard tight ends. I think, as the Pats are loaned to do, they want to shut down your best guy. I don't know if you're going to call Gurley their best guy. He's certainly their most talented. I think they're going to focus there, and I think that could open up things for Kendricks. I like Kendricks as an option this week, uh, especially if you're not trying to 
to spend a lot on tight end. My guy this week for me, I, I'm definitely going to be spending on tight end, man. And um, it really doesn't even feel like that much. Because even though I feel like he sh- he has, he should be worth a lot more, in my opinion. And that's Travis Kelsey at 4700 He's yep. been the third or fourth, depending on the scoring system, um, highest scoring in terms of fantasy points per game um, on DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever you look at it. Um, 13.9 points per game on DraftKings. So um, tied with Jimmy Graham uh, for third most. Now he's seventh in pricing for the week. And you factor in he's playing Atlanta. Atlanta's garbage pass defense who allows the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends. Travis Kelsey to me is worth the 4700 which is substantially cheaper than some of the other options I mean, he's cheaper than Jimmy Graham, Tyler Eifert, Greg Olson, Marcellus Bennett. Um, he's cheaper than all those guys. And for me, I think he's going to have a great week at Atlanta. Um, two straight weeks for Travis Kelsey, over 100 yards. Um, so, I mean, 209 receiving yards over the last two weeks. Great matchup. Love me some Kelsey, and I'm willing to spend on him this week. Yeah, 4,700 DraftKings, 63 FanDuel. I had him written down as well. Going up from there, although I don't know if I want to go this high, but I'm going to have some ownership of him, and that's Jimmy Graham, but dang, he's expensive, 5500 on uh, DraftKings. On he's basically Fan- the most expensive player with with Gronk and Reed out. Yeah. FanDuel's uh, 900 more, 6400 uh, When you adjust for schedule, faces Carolina, they, uh, again, adjusted schedule, they're 32nd against the tight end spot. I don't think folks are going to be on him. Russell Wilson's had a couple of rough weeks the past two, three games. In fact, his last two games, one touchdown to two interceptions. They're at home. I always love home teams, home players. Again, facing Carolina, gives it up to the tight end spot. They are six-and-a-half-point favorites here, expected to score 26 points in this one. You know, anything over 24 has been... uh, correlated to fantasy relevance. Uh, Vance McDonald, Kyle Rudolph, Lance Kendricks, Austin Hooper, Josh Hill, Kobe Fleener, twice, and last week one of my streaming tight ends, Mr. Clive Walford himself. All of these tight ends were able to have double-digit fantasy days against Carolina. So I think Graham has a nice floor for sure. He's expensive, though. I got right. two others. I already talked a little bit about this. Ebron, because he's been getting it done without scoring touchdowns, this game I think is going to have some touchdowns. He's only 3,900, so I think he is a decent play. I'm going with my official dog, and he might be my official guy for a couple weeks here simply because he could be the GOAT, and I do mean literally. 4,100, 5,300 for Antonio Gates. He is two away. Two away from getting, or I'm sorry, from tying. The all-time tight end touchdown record. Now, you can't tell me if he's two away from tying it. As soon as he gets that one, especially if it's early enough in the game, they're not going to push for him to go ahead and get it. And you can't tell me once he go ahead and gets it, aren't they going to try to have it be all his and his alone? So I could see a multi-touchdown game coming for Gates very soon down the pipe. Uh, Tampa, who they face, 25th against Standard 
tight ends 22nd in PPR when you adjust for schedule. Chargers home and expected to score nearly 26 points. I got to roll with Gates just because, you know, I think Rivers wants to do this. He talks about it in the preseason. This is going to increase his legacy, and I could just see a multi-touchdown game coming for Mr. Gates. What do you think about that one? like it, man. Um, I mentioned before that I I like Henry. Henry. Um, I think the tight ends are both going to have very fruitful um, production this week, and um, I I wouldn't be surprised if both of them scored, to be honest. They've been doing very well uh, utilizing two tight ends there, and I think that's going to continue, indeed. We've got defense left, and then uh, a few fun picks here. So defensively looking in the rear view, shouldn't surprise you. Defense was my worst position streaming. You know, I'm not at that point right now in my screen, but I was around 15, I think. Defense, indeed, is my worst on DFS, 2.08 when you add it up. Defense has just been my Achilles. Need to do better, and I'm turning this ship around this week, man. But before we get to my calls, who do you like defensively in DFS? Uh, I'm going to roll with Oakland, like I mentioned before. Don't necessarily love Buffalo this week. And um, I I think that's going to be a lower scoring game than Vegas thinks it'll be. The line is already shifting in that direction. And I think Oakland will be able to have a nice game. You should see uh, several sacks and several pressures on Taylor. And I think they'll they'll do just fine um, where you can be okay and survive the week. Um, I got another one here, but you tell me how you feel about this one. How do you feel about San Diego versus Tampa Bay this week? Boy, San Diego, uh, you know... They've been pretty good as of late, and um, especially like uh, in season-long leagues, their schedule starts to soften up, especially for the playoffs. And, and starting this week, I think... They might be a very viable option that you could pick them up and plug them in, both in DFS and in, in uh, season long. Yeah, and with Winston, early on in the season, I was on uh, defenses going up against Tampa Bay. Right. He was turning the ball over quite a bit, making very bad decisions, which he was known for. And I'm not trying to be funny, he was known for making bad decisions on the field. When he was in college, don't don't need to go up into any side right. shoots there. Uh, just making very poor decisions in the red zone at times when they did not need to turn the ball over. He was doing it. He was doing it again. Sophomore slump, but he's really righted the ship. So defense is facing Tampa early on in the season. I was making those recommendations. I was all over that. He's really turned it around a bit lately. And a lot of times when I look for streaming or a defense, I look at that's one of the first things I look at is the sacks taken by the, the quarterback, the interceptions thrown. He's been better as of late, so I don't know if I'm feeling as strong about San Diego there against Tampa. J- Jameis Jamias has just been he's just been better lately. He's been making better decisions. Uh, they've been winning lately and yeah i don't know if that's if i would necessarily go that route uh what's making you eyeball seeing the charges the bolts um i i like to pick teams and i don't think you i don't know if you've noticed this trend um <laughs> facing teams that are traveling all the way across the country um playing playing poor passing offenses so 
We've got the Buffalo Bills against Oakland, which is a team that I'm picking, and the San Diego Chargers against Tampa Bay. So, and I, I do think Tampa Bay will get enough production from their running game where they'll be fine, which is why I'm leaning more Oakland in all my lineups. But I think San Diego is going to be fine. And if you if you look at it, I think I think San Diego should be able to put up enough this week that you'll feel comfortable with them. Give me one second. Go ahead and toss out yours, and I'm I'm gonna get you one more little piece here. Okay, I got a couple to toss out, and one thing I will say, uh, two things. I I am with you on West Coast teams traveling east. Uh, there was a stat I dug up, or I heard it somewhere. I want to give credit where credit is due. I think this comes from Chris Raybon, but I'm not. 100% sure, or TJ Hernandez, and TJ, friend of the show, who's been on a couple times, but since 2012, roughly, West Coast teams traveling east won one-third of their games, or essentially lost two-thirds of their games. I don't know if it's as true for an East Coast team traveling west, because this one is indeed in San Diego. I will say, though, one stat that I tend to look at that I don't hear other people talking about as much is that's quarterback hits. I talked about that earlier, how much an offensive team allows their quarterback to be hit. Cleveland and Indy are just notorious for it. Arizona is notorious for it. That's one of the reasons I think Arizona allows for such fantasy goo to opposing defenses. Right. Tampa's right up there. They're fifth for most quarterback Hits. Arizona is third with 88. Tampa's fifth, uh, fifth with 80. So I think that leads to a lot of fantasy goo. So I do like that as far as the San Diego. But it's just interesting. I was all over teams against Tampa earlier, and they've just sort of righted that ship a little bit. couple teams I'm looking at defensively, and I'm not sure my official. I, I feel like I know who to go with, but let me start from top to bottom here. Denver, 3,900 versus Jacksonville. 3,900 DraftKings, 5,000 FanDuel. Jacksonville giving up the fourth most sacks. Denver, after adjusting for schedule, they are number one, obviously, against wide receivers. They're number one against quarterbacks, and there's a young man named, let me check here. Yep, mm-hmm. Blake Bortles, okay, yeah. who has uh, given up 13 interceptions, which leads the league. So just as many as Mr. Fitzpatrick and Brock Itis is this young man named Blake Bortles. I love a team that's playing against Blake. Denver has that honor this week. Not just interceptions, man. Interceptions for touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. his M.O. The pick sixes, and, you know, Denver can easily do that. He, especially lately, he's really uh, given up a lot of points and looked poor lately. Now, 3,900, I like to start with a very high-priced D. They're one of the first things that I'm going to uh, pick right off the bat. Usually I'll pick a quarterback, maybe pick a couple other things, but then I'm going to lock up my D because then once I get down to my flex, which is my last position I fill, if I'm a couple hundred shy, I'm always going to be able to adjust my quarterback, or certainly the first thing I will adjust is the defense. So moving down, just 200. I love the Patriots against L.A. Goff, he's looked okay, but he's still Goff. He's still got Marina Suave coaching the team. He is still a rookie. 
He's done better than I think most people think, but he's still a rookie, and we're going to see a rookie game out of him sooner or later. There was a reason he wasn't starting until just a couple weeks ago. Uh, I did a trivia question. I want to say there were six other rookie quarterbacks that started before the number one pick. It was either five or six. I think it was six before the number one freaking pick. There was a reason for that. We haven't seen it exactly yet, but I think we will. Patriots could bring that out of him. While he has been better than most thought, I think the Patriots, they've got a good chance here because they're favored by 13. That's going to force him to huck it. They're going to have to start passing. That means errors, mistakes, opportunity for defenses to score. So I like them coming right down 200 from Denver down to 3,700 on DraftKings for the Patriots. Coming all the way down to 3,000 on DraftKings. Like Baltimore versus Tannehill in Miami. I know I was on Tannehill last week. This is Baltimore, though, baby. Number one in adjusted line yards against the run. We all know how stout they are against the run. No other teams allowing fewer yards per carry. Facing Tannehill in 11 games. 11 games, he has just 15 touchdowns and 8 interceptions. Officially, I think i got to go with the Patriots because I think Goff is going to show his colors. But again, if there's a guy just out of your reach at the flex spot that you can grab for, hey, $700, I would easily come down from the Patriots to Baltimore. Okay. Did uh, I punt long enough for you? You got something for me? Yeah. Um, so San Diego, if you look at it on the season – they're, they're surprisingly been pretty damn good on defense. So we're looking at six most fantasy points on the season. Um, but if you look at the last four weeks, um, double-digit fantasy points, which is something you really want to look at yeah. in standard scoring leagues, double-digit fantasy points, three out of the last four weeks. And they're they're facing – I mean, they, they score double-digit fantasy points on teams like, like Tennessee. Like they're do, They've been doing a pretty – darn good job and one of the one of the few teams that is also seems to find a way to score touchdowns even though they're not necessarily getting a ton of turnovers i don't know there seems to be these teams every year that have a knack to do that and they they feel like one of those teams that's been doing that so i really like san diego for some reason against tampa bay i think They'll be just fine, but I'm going to stick with Oakland as my pick for this week. I like Oakland. I do. The Cleo Max just looked like a monster. Um, they're they're really ramping it up lately. Now we've got a, we've already kind of teased or, or finished off one of our uh, last, but certainly not the least uh, things to talk about this week. I'm going again. Patriots and D. You you mentioned San Diego. You mentioned. Oakland officially we've already done the what are you talking about Willis like some good win there now we've got two spots left before we get there in DFS bum but a bum we gotta go to question number four now earlier we, you were pretty close right you were uh, trivia number one I think you said six and there were five yeah you man. Got number I wanted to go over half and I should have went with five yeah, Carolina, five games that have scored 20 points or less. Then we moved on down to uh, question number two, which talked about Arizona not letting up uh, tight end 
touchdown. Of course, I think regression could happen, and I think it could happen this week. What with how much Washington is really moving the ball. they got a great offense, and I think they could score with Jordan Reed out. Vernon Davis could be a sneaky little play there. And then the Rams, again, he's going to confirm what we all know. Marina Suave, the losingest coach in NFL history. He's got to surpass Dan Reeves at 165. Mr. Marina Suave is at 163. Trivia question number four. In the last five weeks, sir, there is one quarterback that leads all teams in yards and in passing touchdowns. Indeed, this one quarterback has 14 touchdowns in five weeks, and they have over 1,500 passing yards. Who's been lighting it up at the quarterback spot? We are going to talk about that in just one moment. Stay with the Pyro Light Podcast. Thanks for hanging with us, Pyromaniacs. I am Pyromaniac Mo. You can follow me on Twitter. And I'm here with Christian from Eat Sleep Fantasy. Give them a follow on Twitter at Eat Sleep FF. All right, we were at trivia number four. And I asked in the last five weeks which quarterback has tossed 14 touchdowns and just over 1,500 passing yards. Can you tell me which gunslinger that is? Uh, I've narrowed it down to two guys in my head. Um, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. Sir, you have done it. Ding, ding, ding. And you know what? Well, let me just tell you. Aaron Rodgers, 1,578 yards, 14 touchdowns in the last five weeks. Started off a little rocky, a little rough. Turned it on since then. Mr. Cousins... He does have over 15. There was only two quarterbacks that had over 1,500 yards. However, Cousins only has 10 touchdowns in that time. Breeze is awful darn close in that span. 1,486 yards, 13 13 touchdowns. So he's just inch short, hair shy, uh, 1,486 and 13. But Mr. Rogers. 1578 1578 yards and 14 TDs. You sir got 3 of the 4 and uh, I'd like to tell you the Pyro crew would like to offer you a one-way ticket to Botswana. They have just cleared a uh, local coconut grove and a new landing strip is uh, being built right now so you can test that and, and and report back to us if all goes well how it goes there in Botswana. So you're welcome. Oh, uh, okay. You're welcome. Okay. Yes. But okay. Yes. All right. Moving on to uh, the um, stack. Can, can there be like a fantasy Jeopardy? I feel like I, I would do pretty well at that. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. You know what? That's kind of a little off-season thing. I, I like that idea. Fantasy Jeopardy. I could be the Alex Trebek. Okay. Does it have to be Botswana? Well, we we don't have much we don't have much coin for anything else. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, is beautiful. It's beautiful. Now, stack. Let's talk stackable spots. Now, I, I don't know. Let me ask you. I asked you the real deep question earlier about nachos and ribs. Are you a stack guy when it comes to cash? So, again, GPP, you're shooting for the fences. You're trying to capitalize on those games that's going to score a lot or at least those situations that are going to score. Maybe it's a running back and a defense quarterback, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, wide receiver, whatever. A lot of times that people think that's just GPP. 
Are you going to do it for cash games, or are you always just trying to get a solid floor, give yourself the best opportunity to get that minimum score, because stacking can be a little bit riskier. Are you going to do it in a cash game in DFS? I think there's there's a lot of times where those two things are synonymous, right? Where those are not mutually exclusive, stacking and and GPP uh, or stacking and cash games. So I feel pretty comfortable with a lot of the the times where I see a quarterback and the quarterback has a good matchup and he has a clear-cut guy that has been consistent in stacking in those cases. Um, and that's for cash games. Now, in GPP, you, you that's like one of the usual strategies and it's the reason why I'm kind of fading on um on breeze and, and some of his receivers this week is because sometimes you have to kind of be a little right. contrarian with some of these stacks so um i like the strat actually in, in cash games i don't think it's too um risky at all as long as you're stacking the guy that's clear cut going to to be um the, the focal point of that offense in that week I don't like to do it with, um, you know, a maybe 1A, 1B type of situation in which I don't really know who I'm going to stack. So let's say it's a specific week and it's Derek Carr. Um, I would not, in a cash game, stack Derek Carr and Amari Cooper or Derek Carr. um, And, wow, I just blanked. Well, let me let me save you there because you're going down the right road. You're totally going down the right road. And it sounds crazy to say I'm going to stack in cash when they're going to do well. Well, of course. Everybody says, "Well, right. duh, you're you're going to do that." However, you got to narrow it down. Just like you said in GPP, you're playing thousands, hundreds of thousands of guys if you're in the the millionaire maker. Right. There you do need to go contrary and in there the stackable plays I'm going to do is much wider. I'm going to be drawing from more guys. And like you said, a lot of people are going to be stacking New Orleans Saints. They're going to be stacking Breeze. So if you can leverage a bad play there, if indeed Breeze doesn't do well, and you stack a team that not a lot of people are going to be going against and do it against those guys that are playing the Saints, you just vaulted yourself past all those people that stacked the Saints and you just capitalized on a game that for some reason you saw that was going to be high scoring and you scored on not one but maybe two maybe three positions so that's the beauty of stacking contrarian gpp i think people shy away from it in cash but you're not drawing from all 32 you're drawing from a much narrower field you're going to stack more options and more, probably more contrarian in gpp but if you can identify those games that you feel is indeed going to be high scoring or a team that's going to put up a lot of points and they are flowing through offensively one or two players, damn right I'm going to stack cash as long as you can narrow it down. So I know it sounds dumb to say, well, as long as you pick the right guys. Yeah, of course. But if indeed you can, I think it's going to give you the advantage in cash if you can, I guess, see the forest for the trees. I don't think it should be a rule that, no, you don't stack in cash. You just got to do the right ones. Your field of choice is much, much narrower. But don't just throw it out the window because people kind of have said not to do it. I think 
It's totally doable. You just got to be smart about it. It sounds kind of silly to say, but a lot of people just dismiss it, and I don't think you should. Stack carefully, my friend. I think Yoda might have said that, actually. Not sure. Maybe. Maybe he did. Stackable, guys. I I got a few jotted down, and I think I got one that you're going to probably talk about, but... Who's your stack? You don't have to tell me too much about the the why and the where, because we talked all about that, but just what are some guys you're looking at stacking or games you're looking at stacking? Going right back to Mr. Moncrief and uh, Andrew Luck. Yeah, I'm going to put what, those guys together. I was going to say uh, Luck and Hilton. I think Moncrief is great as well. I think Hilton, GPP, and here's an opportunity. So if I was going GPP, I'd stack Luck and Hilton. If I would stack Cash, and this would be a game I would stack because Moncrief has been so solid. Like you said, touchdown in uh, the last four games. Yeah, damn right, I'm going to stack a guy like that. That's a great floor to build on. So case in point right there. Luck, Moncrief, Cash. I'd go Luck, Hilton, GPP. I like the Rivers. Got a couple options here. You could go the three-man stack. Let's not rule out Mr. Gordon. I think he's going to be low-owned. I think he could have a bounce back. And maybe you're going to go T-Will. Again, keep your eyes on uh, the practice reports. See how he's feeling. But honestly, I would go with the Rivers, Gordon, Gates. I like that stack. Again... You've heard me talk about it all night. I know Christian is not of the same mind, but I like the New Orleans-Detroit game stack. So getting players, again, here's where I'm betting that Vegas is right with the 54 over-under what they opened with. There are going to be a lot of points to have, so I'm going to like to play players on both sides there. Again, I like Sneed. I liked Breeze. I also like Hill. Eh, maybe. But more than that, I like a Sneed. I think that's a sneaky one. So I'd like to get those guys in, betting on a home run game. Also, how can you go wrong with Matt Ryan Julio? There's a cash stack for you. I think that's a solid lock. Uh, Sign sealed, delivered. Yeah, I like that one a lot, actually. Yeah, for sure. That's a perfect example. If you want to go all three, um, how do you feel about Freeman if you want to stack all three? I love it. Uh, I, again, I'm gonna not not sure who I'm, I should be giving credit to, but uh, my friends T.J. Hernandez, pretty sure it was him or his partner Chris Raybon. He did a study on this last summer, and it is a far underutilized thing to stack quarterback, running back, wide receiver. But you got to think, they did the the correlation running out of all 32 teams. If you play a running back and a wide receiver, there's only a 0.07% negative correlation. That's basically nothing. And you're drawing from all 32 teams. That means you're drawing from, you know, San Francisco and Cleveland and some bottom-of-the-barrel teams. Well, you got to toss all those guys out. If you're going to stack from Atlanta, who I believe is putting up at least top two most points per game, I believe they're putting up over 30, that's the kind of team you do want to stack a running back and a wide receiver. Heck, Every time Julio gets a first down, more opportunity for Freeman. Every time Freeman moves the chains, more opportunity for Julio. And Matt Ryan is going to have exposure to both touchdowns. Throwing touchdowns to Julio, throwing one to Mr. Freeman. So I like uh, the quarterback, wide receiver, running back stack on a team like Atlanta for sure. Last but not least, let's talk fades. I'm going to get a little controversial on you. But uh, well, you're my guest. Why don't you start with a guy or guys you're not looking at this week? 
All right, so as much as it pains me as a Dolphins fan to stay, um, JHI this week going up against the worst, best, I, I never know how to say this properly, the team giving right. up the fewest fantasy points to to running backs uh, this season in the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I know the Dolphins are getting back two of the three key pieces of their offensive line, which make a world of difference for JHI. We've seen his 200-yard performances against good teams and his not so great performance against San Francisco of all teams. Um, but that has so much to do with their offensive line. When Albert Tunsil and Pouncey are all together, it, it, that offensive line is probably second to third best in the league. When all three are healthy, um, the dolphins, I believe are nine or 10 and one when all three play together. Unfortunately, Pouncey still likely to be out for another uh, few more weeks. So um, I think against Baltimore, it's going to be a rough week for Jay Ajayi, And um, it's just going to be a lot of getting stopped for one yard gains and two yard gains and no yard gains. And it's not, it's not going to be a great game for him fading him hard, even though his price, I mean, I, I don't know why it didn't adjust too much. And I don't see why anybody would play Jay Ajayi this week. Yeah. Not, too long ago, we saw Ezekiel Elliott, arguably the best back in fantasy. Not that I want to have that argument right here and right now, but certainly in contention. He failed to put up four yards per carry against Baltimore. I mean, they are legit. They are the real deal against running backs. I don't blame folks for fading Ajayi. I think that is something you, you absolutely have to consider. He's not a cash play in the least bit this week. I got a guy I think is going to be a little controversial for you. I don't know if it's a guy. Maybe you're going to agree with 50% of what I say. Again, I have been on Dixon all year. I love him. I don't know what Harbaugh, his glasses need cleaning. I don't know if he inadvertently sniffed some of the mushrooms that were growing at the back of his refrigerator. I mean, <laughs> who hasn't done that, right? Right. But for some reason, they love West, and I'm not sure why, until it gets straightened out, because I've heard so many fantasy analysts talking about it, I've been singing the praises two weeks too early. Go out and pick up Dixon. He's going to be moving in. His snaps are increasing as West's decrease. All of that has been happening. I got I know he's the better pass catcher. I know he's the better running back. But yeah, it just doesn't seem to happen, and until it shakes out, I feel like they're cannibalizing one another. So until I really see what happens there, I'm going to take a wait and see approach. So I know you're with me on West, but I'm just not ready to do Dixon. Dixon's got it. I just feel like Harbaugh doesn't know it. Okay. That's fair. Um, I do like Dixon myself, So, but I think it's a lot to do with the, the passing production that he's probably going to see against the Dolphins, but... Uh, we'll see how that shakes out. If if you're if you're um, wary of uh, of playing him because you don't know what the rule with West, that's very understandable. I I mean I've just been I've been on him, been waiting for it. I've been making the call, and I just feel like geez, if Harbaugh hasn't invested, if he doesn't want to know what he's got now, I'm not sure what he's waiting for, and I don't think he's waiting for it. I think he still really believes in West, and he's just using Dixon as a complimentary piece because he should have had more of a slice of the pie by now. I've seen it. Everybody's seen it. Seems like except him. So there's something else going on. And until it shakes out, 
I'm going to be willing to miss out on that first week. Once it happens, I'm all over it. But until then, I feel like they're cannibalizing each other and they're just not investing in one over the other. All right, man. This has been an epic podcast. One of the longest ones. We call this one the Pyro Light because the Pyro Heavy or the, the Fantasy Football Fire often goes, you know, a Francis Ford Coppola redo, redux amount of time. And indeed, that was a lot of words. That was. We're giving them a run for their money. So thank you and uh, thank your wife and family for the time away. Um, yeah, I'm, I got to be sure to make sure uh, I do something for the wife here who's been supportive of uh, of me recording for this long. But uh, doing it in good fun. I'm, uh, as she knows, probably a little bit too obsessed with fantasy football. But uh, she tolerates it. And, um, <laughs> tolerate is a good word. My yeah, wife. Man. In the is... same way where we tolerate like the TLC channel or whatever. Yes. Yes, uh, so. I'm I'm in the same boat there, my friend. But nonetheless, I, I thank you, and it's been a really a pleasure uh, shooting the fantasy breeze with you, Christian. Oh, Thanks for coming on. It's been fun. Thank you for uh, having me on, man. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. He is Christian. Go ahead and give him a follow at Eat Sleep FF. He, of course, is part of Dale and Armando on Eat Sleep Fantasy, uh, some of the Great minds bringing you fantasy football kind of knowledge. They, of course, are also on the FF Podcast Network. Check out the Facebook page. You can get lots of really cool fantasy podcasts that you might not have heard about uh, released there at the FF Podcast Network. Eat Sleep Fantasy being one of them. All right, gang, you've done it yet again. You have reached the end of an epic episode 55 of the pyro light fantasy football podcast i am pyromaniac mo give me a follow on twitter and of course stay tuned for a little bit of trey anastasio he's gonna bring you ether sunday and until the next time we'll catch you on the flip side
much I pray. 